Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call. Um, really, really unique one here today for you. Uh, we got uh, really just John and Ammer here on this episode for about 90% of it. Uh, reason being is I was driving back from Toronto, uh, got stuck in traffic, and uh, wasn't going to make it in time for the recording. Uh, we usually jump on my Zoom link, which wasn't accessible because I wasn't accessible, so Ammer started his own Zoom room to record the podcast, uh, which then when I got home, uh, couldn't find this link anywhere because John and Ammer were in their little Zoom vacuum, so to call it, right? And um, I just created a random link, so I couldn't I couldn't jump on, and you know, knowing John and Ammer, they're on Do Not Disturb during that podcast. You can't find them, so I... I was calling them, texting them, emailing them, Facebook audio called them, WhatsApp audio called them, Instagram video called them. Uh, pretty sure I sent them an MSN messenger message. I may have even sent over a few uh, few carrier pigeons, okay, all the way over to New Zealand, okay, where John was recording this podcast. I could not get a hold of these guys. Then... Uh, Two and a half hours later, I get a little link in my inbox from Mr. Abu Chakra. So I jump on at the end. But I'm going to be listening to this one just like yourself. Kind of a hilarious outcome. And I just want it to be noted that I actually pulled over on the side of the road on a four-lane highway to pee instead of pulling off and peeing somewhere else where it would have taken me more time <laughs> just to make the podcast. So, And then I also got cut out of it. So I just want... You know, those that are suffering along with me here, uh, just share the pain, right? Like, just acknowledge it. And uh, I, I do hope this podcast, we know it's still going to be great. I'm going to be listening to it just like yourself. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Weekly Call. So we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible that our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals for the most part with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. John, it's me and you. How you doing? Amber, how you doing, brother? I'm doing really well, man. I, uh, I'm doing well. <laughs> business is doing good. Feeling good. How are you? How's your business doing? Like, are, have you been able to find more consistent revenue? Or is that, is that even a metric that you, what are you tracking? Mm. Ever since February, I have been able to find consistent revenue. That's exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah. There's been so much self-doubt in the past two years. That even when I managed to get to this point, self-doubt is now starting to be a little bit negative. So it's kind of like that little bit of paranoia, which is, oh man, like, how am I going to screw this up? 
You know, <laughs> how is this cookie going to crumble? All right, Amor, are you going to like self-sabotage here? Because maybe you feel like you don't deserve this. These things are like starting to come up. Very, very interesting. Um, because like, yeah, like we're doing well. <laughs> so that's been amazing. And do you, um, do you just reinvest all the, the, the cash right back into the business or are you just like stacking it? Um, cause I would every, imagine every your six months, really, like really good cash conversion. Like I couldn't imagine you having really any, like other than people going on payment plans. I don't like, I couldn't imagine you having <laughs> any. Yeah. We, we generate yeah. a lot of cash. Um, so far we have around this much in just cash. And we're, we paid out dividends in July. So this is just within six months. So that's fucking nuts. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, so the game plan for me and Patrick, it, you know, every six months we pay out a dividend and we have to like, look at this number and be like, okay, well, what do we do with this? What do we like? What's the game plan here? How can we reinvest this in a smart manner? How can we protect our position? How can we ensure that this isn't just like a stroke of luck? How can we solidify our position in the industry? How can we better understand what got us here so that we can reverse engineer it and duplicate it multiple times? So part of that money was spent in uh, August to join closers.io, which has been like such like one of the best decisions I've made. One of the things, the first things I kind of realized, John, after StudentWorks is like, man, I don't really know anything about business. So you go get courses and books and you learn. So we started with Sam Ovens. Now we're with Cole Gordon. Extremely, extremely expensive. I think we spent uh, this much so far with them. So a lot. But that has helped us kind of figure out a lot of why we're successful and how to stay successful. It's allowed me to understand why my ad and my funnel works. And it's allowed me to fix my funnel. So here's an interesting step for you, which I was super excited to share with you. Halfway, um, for the since since January, February, March, since April, we've had a problem, which is you're a contractor. You reach out to me, and you give me your phone number and email and name, and then I call you. I say, hey, John, you know my name's Ammer. I saw that you opted in. I'm not going to give you the script, but basically, you'd say yes at the end of it. I'm interested in a phone call. 17% of people would show up for that phone call. Now, if you didn't know anything about the industry, we thought that was okay. It was terrible. So the guys at Closers, we sat together, we reviewed the ad, the funnel, the script, and the process. And there were three key things that we completely altered. We altered our speed to lead, uh, our average call time was 36 days. We cut it down to 60 minutes. <laughs> uh, we updated the script completely, bottom down. What do you mean? Sorry, what do you, sorry, what do you mean call to lead? You opt in. I call you 36 days later. Why? What? That seems yeah. crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally dumb. Totally dumb. I mean, that seems crazy. I mean, it was wrong. Yes, John. Yeah, I know. I, I rubbed my nose in that pile of poop for the past month. No, I know, but where, did, but where did that number even come from? 
Oh, I just yeah, did where did that number even come from? Like, what you just sat on? You just sat on the lead for thirty six oh, days. There were so many leads. I was trying to catch up. Me and Merlin just calling, calling, calling. We weren't able to catch up. So we we're always in this like per- we're perfectly thirty days lagging. Hmm. Interesting. So we solved that problem by me hiring some salespeople, but I never hired salespeople before, let alone full time on salary. Jesus. So I had to learn how to do that. Are they are they are they independent contractors or are employees? Yes, independent contractors. So they're not on salary per se, then. Like uh, there's like there's a flat rate for their contract kind of thing. No, it's like salary plus commission or full full commission, depending on the uh the role. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So but like even that, like how would I know how to structure these payments? Right. So it cost Patrick and I a lot of money to gain access to that information. But once we got it, like we were good. So that was our problem. 17%. The first thing we did was increase our speed to lead. Second thing we did was our call script. Dog shit. Completely reformed it. Third thing we did was now when you book a call with me, uh, you have to go through a mandatory piece of homework. 22-minute video to prepare you for the call. So those were the three things we've done. So yeah, filters out all the non-serious buyers. Yeah, good one. And even, no, 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 no. But it's like it primes them perfectly. Um, prime no, is a I figure of that, authority. But, but, I mean, yeah, yeah. but I imagine there's an aspect of if they're not willing to do a 22-minute video, they're probably not that invested in that new program. Correct. Tristan and I did a similar thing for our hiring. We uh, before um, before even doing an audition day, uh, we we would have them do like a set of like online training that would take them about you know maybe an hour or two. Amazing. Yeah. Super smart. Yeah. So want to hear the stats of since these changes? Sure. So since these changes, I've only got 22 pieces of data. 22 bookings have been made. We have an 82% show up right now. Sorry, when when were these changes made? Uh, 14 days ago. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. No. No, no, no. He was that that these numbers that I gave you earlier was from the past six months. Okay. So yeah, that yeah. so the, the number I just said is six months. Uh it's it's a bit more than that in sales. The number I gave you was profit. Cash. But you said tw- sorry, you said twenty-two, but you said twenty-two sales though. No, twenty-two bookings. Sorry, sorry, language error. Language error. A booking is when somebody books themselves in my calendar. I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. I see. Okay. So from yeah. those 22, 82 showed up. 82% showed up. Compared to our old 17%. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's the price of the program. Um, I this guess is I'm missing the, some math somewhere. This is the average... Um, us dollar revenue we're doing per month i see but the um i see but the course the course number is also usd yeah um no that's canadian okay but the numbers you were telling me for for cash in the bank account is is canadian, that's canadian. correct dude i'm so happy for you this is awesome. <laughs> thank you man i'm so happy for you well i want to so happy for you 
Thank you, man. Thank you. I I felt extreme gratitude today that it wasn't really the, the money, but it's the knowledge. I truly, truly now understand how this business works. No, come on, dude. The, the money's fucking sweet. Uh, it, it is, but like it's um for what's been I, I still feel like uh, unsatisfied with that number. It's just because uh, because well, there's dividends I mean, to, to be paid out. There's taxes, and the I, past two I, I years I made zero dollars. No, 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 no. It's it's well, uh, like you you hold the company um through your holding company. Uh, correct. Yeah, so it's tax free dividends to that, and then it's yeah, just a matter yeah. of paying tax. yourself a small. Yeah, no, no, you don't pay any corporate tax when you when you transfer from company the to company. Oh, you mean you haven't paid it. Sorry, you haven't paid any taxes on any of that or anything. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, and I I do pay myself a salary from the business before. Is that including like so like so like that that number like how much you have in cash like you have like GNT, GST remittance you still have to do and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for the past six months though, because our year end is, yeah, is May thirty yeah. first. Funny enough. But yeah, we're, I get we're that. Okay. So yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. One of the things that uh like I uh, <laughs> it's interesting um. Like StudentWorks and I mean ProWorks, obviously, because they their accounting system is similar. I'm pretty sure how StudentWorks East does their accounting is the similar how StudentWorks West does theirs. But it really isolates you from like having to worry about a lot of like the, like, like it really dumbs it down for you as far as like what is actually profit, what's not profit. Because yeah. in a normal business, like the amount of cash that you have at any given moment, <laughs> there's so many like hidden liabilities, not yeah. hidden, but there's so many expenses that if you aren't accounting for, like I, I bet a lot of contractors, that's where they get into a lot of trouble is just they're just like managing cash flow. Like the amount of contractors that actually, because like, one thing that student works forces you to do is they they force you because you obviously you don't have the money run through your account. It goes through theirs and they force you to like, they give you accounting statements. Uh, it forces you to actually keep proper records of all of your oh, yeah. income, oh, yeah. your expenses, your cash flow, everything. And so many businesses, I feel like that they can get lost in the sauce on that, right? Like, I bet that's one of the number one things that you've seen trades businesses is they the just, number they one objection actually, that I yeah. get is Ammer, I want to do this. I'll pay you when I'm paid for my next job. Yeah, the, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt if that was one of them, but I bet also too, like, so like that's an objection, but I would, I bet, I bet the number one problem you have uh, with contract. Well, okay. When you say number one problem, it, that it always gets pretty deceptive. One of them, the top to problems. Down. I, I bet I bet one of the main problems that people are facing, which obviously there's a lot of other things that could contribute to this, but you know maybe like lack of organization. But I bet one of the number one things, I, you know, I, I, I actually I, here's a better way of wording it. I bet one of the biggest problems that all of your clients uh, have that they don't even know they have is cash flow issues. Yes, correct. Like I bet so few of them actually understand whether or not they're actually turning a profit. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we had a StudentWorks yeah. uh, operator who started his own painting company, run into this problem. They did 300,000 in sales, took home 30 grand in profit. Mm -hmm. And they've been working with us for almost a year, doubled the business, mm -hmm. tripled the profits. Yeah, it's... So yeah, we're, we're getting a testimonial from them. But yeah, it is a, yeah, it is the, a big the thing. Sta the statement, the statement, like, I, I still, like, I, man, I almost, like, fall asleep to this every single night, but, like, revenue is, is, <laughs> is uh, vanity. Vanity. Profit is sanity. Yeah, profits is sanity, is and then cash flow is reality. Yeah, dude, that statement is so crazy true. It's uh, it's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah man. I like yeah. It. So that's what's been kind of going on in these adjustments. These kind of small wins I'm sharing with you. Um, 
One of the things I've learned about becoming a good manager is I think I explained this to you, but it's like really the big three, which are morning meetings, tracking metrics and end of day reports. Mm, yeah. So powerful. And I want to share a little bit about end of day reports. I started doing them and I included some of the coaching that you and Austin gave me around like dating. And I couldn't help myself, dude. I'm like, I need to put one piece of thing to like measure. And I had, and I added um, a, a, so you do your own end of day reporting because I am closing. So the way it works is our business right now is an alley business. So like Joe and Griffin, they set me up with appointments. I close them. So it's kind of alley They're Dwayne Wade on LeBron dunking it. You know that photo, right? I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's important for them to understand why the appointment that they set up for me closed or didn't. So an end of day report allows them the lens to understand of what's going on. Because one of the things that they need to know, it's like, well, what's the problem? Is it me and my setting or is it the closer? Or is it just like law of the averages? Um, so yeah, I started doing end of day reports and I, I added one of the lines in there is meaningful conversations with women. And I would just put in like, how many meaningful conversations have I had? And it's been really cool. It started out at zero, 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 one, zero, 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 one, 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 two, two. So it's like starting to build up. And uh, the reason end of day reports are really good, man, is because when you're a manager, you can't just measure a quantitative metrics. You got to measure qualitative metrics. So when you're managing a sales team, how they feel their health, their sleep, their love life, it all plays into their performance at work because sales is a very emotional, extroverted activity. So their energy and emotion really has a big play on how successful they can be as salespeople. And the better that they can manage that, the better they can perform. So the importance of the end of day reports is they tie in the qualitative. I have a lot of questions in there about how you feel, a mood score, different things around there that actually allow me as a manager to see, okay, Right now, they're stuck at this. Right now, they're not stuck at this. Uh, so that's been that's been a lot of fun. So I just wanted to share about that, and then also, do you just... have your sales? Do you have your sales reps do an end of day report? Oh, of course, everybody's required, even and, uh, customer yeah. fulfillment. Yeah. Okay. And then, but is the is the end of day report doesn't necessarily? It's not only just work things. It's also life things. Is that you? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Do you want me to read you some of the stuff? Some of the questions. Yes, but can you also send it to me? Oh, of course. Yeah. So as a closer, I man, I, I look at revenue generated, cash collected, number of booked calls, number of live calls, number of offers, number of enrollments, number of deposits. I then list okay, out- Okay, maybe don't send this to me. I, it's pretty specific. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Hold on. And then I list out the meetings and how they went so that if you read this, like the, the summary, like you know, I can share screen here. So I had like these two calls yesterday with Randolph and Jared. And if you read these paragraphs, you'd know exactly why I didn't close them. Right. Um, and then I have wins in all areas of my life in the past 24 hours. I talk about what I learned today. I share what anxieties or depressions are keeping me from being fully present in the moment. I share where I was triggered today. I shared something that's tough that I need to take responsibility for. I share how I advise somebody else dealing with the same struggles. I share who's somebody that I can reach out for help around this. 
I share what excited me about business today. And then I do ratings. Uh, on a scale of one to 10, how much did I remember to do, express deep care for the other person and take a stand for them? On a scale of one to 10, how much did I leave anything unsaid? On a scale of one to 10, how much did I control my calendar and activity today? How much did I do what I said I was going to do and honored my promises? How much did I spend time doing my morning formula and nailing my morning routine? How much did I operate at peak of my abilities and how much am I satisfied with my performance? And on a scale of one to 10, how much did I remember to serve people today? I track my calories. I track whether or not I consume junk food. I track uh, the amount of pages of useful books that I read. I tracked whether I worked out, took my supplements, uh, girls I've talked to, whether I meditated, whether I planned tomorrow today, how many times I picked up my phone, my mood score, what I'm grateful for. Is, and how much of this is coming from uh, Cam? Um, like 10%, 15%. And are you using an app to fill this out or how is this working? So uh, we're like, we're very tech savvy. So it's a Google form that I fill out. And then right when I enter the Google form, the data gets sent to a spreadsheet and then it gets posted in our private Slack channel for the managers to review and for other salespeople to review. So uh, we use a Google form. Uh, are you familiar with Zaps or Zapier? It's a, no. it's a it's an amazing company that integrates literally every possible app you can think about. So for example, I can fill out a Google form and it can automatically send an email. What is Google form, sorry? Oh, so there's Google Sheets, Google Slides. There's something called Google Form. Um, and I can show you what it looks like. I think I've filled out one before. Basically, it's like a little like questionnaire thing. Yeah, so this is the closer's end of day report. Looks like this. So I'll fill out. And you can just create a questionnaire, basically. Exactly. So you see, I can kind of pick and then I can click and submit. And then what, what the happens end. to it when you click submit? Like when I click submit, it automatically gets posted within my Slack channel. So here, see Zapier posted this, not me. And then, but I see that, but but so but what what happens to it normally though? Like if you don't have a Google form, it gets emailed yeah. to you. I see. Okay. Yeah, you can like and view you can responses. make it so so other people will get emailed to you as well. You can make it like that. I think yeah yeah for sure. Hmm. Yeah. So there's actually like a I never got the chance to fully show you our tech stack, but like we're an online business, so Patrick and I got really good at automating a whole bunch hmm. of shit. It's insane. Um. Yeah, we spend, well, it's one of our most expensive apps. It's like $500 US per month, but it saves us close to like a thousand hours a month of like admin work. It's, it's in, insane. Like when a lead comes in, a whole bunch of stuff happens in the background so that the, the salespeople get exactly what they need to get. And then when you call them and you like market that it's a voicemail, a whole bunch of things happen in the background. Text gets sent, emails gets shuffled, spreadsheets get updated. It's insane. It's really cool. So hmm. our tracking and trade arc is ridiculous. So after this call, I can maybe show you our dashboard where you can understand like our revenue, cash, sales, net profit, gross profit. I think you'll like that. I'd want your opinion on some stuff. Hmm. Um, Very interesting. Yeah, man. So, you know, I it's, it's no it, it, long story short, it, I just actually had to become a better businessman to get a better business. And these are Makes the things sense. I had to discover. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I also learned about the importance of hitting uh, hitting goals as a sales team. So like emotion is big. So we actually lowered all of our goals for the company. We were aiming for like big numbers and then we missed it. And then I saw what it did to the morale of the team. So I lowered it and we hit it this month. And dude, morale is like a 10 out of 10. So like, yeah, there's something we can about, now slowly about, increase uh, 
there's something about that. Hey, like having a certain number that you know you can hit, and and, and rather exceeding it. I but, guess but it wasn't like it wasn't easy business. to hit though. It was like a nice little. It was like kind of in the Goldilocks zone where we needed but versus. To work. But versus like the big audacious Harry, you know. Oh yeah, you can't do that. Whatever. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. That was an amateur mistake of ours. Um, we also have bonuses. So like, if we set our goal at like ten sales, and then we get eleven sales, the whole team gets like a team bonus. So like, one of the things that I'm building in the culture of Trade Arc is that we will reimburse you on money that you spend on your self development, and those bonuses can be used for that. So like if you're buying a whoop, a better bed, a curtain, hundreds of dollars of bonuses per month, you can use to get a better chair, a better headset, a better mic. Um, so yeah, we created kind of like and something you should consider if you're trying to scale past like maybe, I don't know, I don't know. In, in my business, having a culture deck, kind of like Lane, like, you know, when we talk to Lane, he really understands what his culture is and what it isn't. It was very yeah, helpful like for the, me to uh, have. Like the vivid vision. We have like a Bible that we go to where it's just like, here are our values. Here's our mission, right? And and the way I was uh, taught this, this was, I was taught this from Cole and Sam Ovens, is that you need mission, vision, and values. The mission, no, the vision is where we're going. Okay, like what what's the end goal? The mission is why we're going there. Okay, so we're going there, but like why? That's the mission. And then the values is how we're going to treat each other on this boat as we sail towards this end destination. Those are the values. It's how we treat each other. So as you start building a culture, it's important to like reinforce some positive behavior and then punish negative behavior so that everybody's clear on culture. And the biggest reason you want to create culture is because it acts as this, like uh, this ghost for decision-making. If you have somebody in the company that aligns with your values and your culture and understands the goals and everything in place, then when you're away from the business, they know how to make the right decisions that line up with your values and culture. So when you're delegating, there's no gambling on whether or not they're doing the right things. It's super cool. And when we, when we were dealing with something so dire, and I really like I'm not over-exaggerating. When literally like a mom or a dad come to us and say, hey, look, I'm not seeing my kids. This business has become a trap for us. Like that's a big deal. So there's decisions that Joe and Griffin have to make on whether or not they offer this person an opportunity to speak with me or not. And it's this the culture and the values and these precedents that we're setting and we're training that allow them to see this person will not fit in our community and our program. This is not a person I want Amr to be exposed to. This person does not have the values that our customers have, right? We have a huge emphasis and values with our customers on like uh, family and selfless reasons. You need both selfish and selfless reasons to do things. But it, we, we have contractors who's like, I just want to make more money. Sorry, man, like... I'm just not even interested in having that conversation right now because they come into the program and it's just like the wrong vibe. So that's another thing I was grateful for. Like we just hit 165 members and there's really like a culture and community brewing. Like we're getting like a, um, a funny trend of like Christian mom and dads coming in and they have very specific values that actually line up with what you and I in Austin believe in and, and Patrick and our mission for trade arc. So we found mm -hmm. like kind of a niche within a niche. Mm. 
uh, that's been fantastic, man. And because of that, I've been reading the Bible and like learning about scriptures and becoming better at having conversations like that and understanding their point of view, right? Because that's hmm. very important to them. So I need to kind of get into their world. Um, yeah, there's a bit of a network effect there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then the last realization I made is that my business has two funnels. The funnel for a customer and then a funnel for a hire. And a customer goes through, you know, phone calls, qualification periods, and then the sale. And then now, and then they go watch like a whole program and course and they get community and support. We've built the exact same funnel for a hire. So we interview, we do things. And then if they're the right fit, we make them an offer. We have like contracts, agreements, the time. We, they're called scorecards. If you read the book, How, there's like scorecards that you should offer that include the time, compensation. Um, and we even have a, a compensation calculator where like you can see if you're performing at my level, how much money you would make. If you're performing below level, this is how much money you'll make. And all the metrics are laid out extremely transparently. Um, but then once you join our team, they have to watch a course. So Patrick and I are in the process of building a course of our mission, vision, values, strategic business principles, mindset, and then onboarding for each specific role. And uh, hmm. that's going to allow us to automate a lot of the very repetitive tasks that we've kept running into, like the importance of, and I can pull out a couple of examples if I go on my Slack here. So yeah, how to how to better tie down spouses and business partners if you're on the call. Like, oh yeah, you know, my wife does the books. Like, how do you make sure the wife shows up on the call? It's just the same coaching, you know. How uh, a concept. This is this is a concept that I've learned that has made me better at sales, which is you want to release all attachment to the yes and put all attachment onto accurate diagnosis. So I like that. Yeah. Oh my god, man. Because one of the biggest reasons that increased the quality for us is us uh, learning how to ask what, how, and why questions. Did I tell you about this? Not that I remember. Yeah. So if you ask what, how, and why questions, um, you're really good at understanding the biggest thing, which is if you want to get behavioral changes, uh, this is something I learned also from Cole, one of his uh, account managers, Steve, which is the only reason you and I ever do anything, and anybody listening, is just like for pain or pleasure. It's really what it comes down to. Like these are the main motivating factors. You want more pleasure, less pain, something of that sort, if you really boil it down. So if you're on a call with a prospect, for them to show up and take time out of their day to show up on a call, there needs to be a lot of either recognition of pain or a lot of recognition for pleasure. So there's different syntaxes that you can label sales calls with. There's a problem syntax or a goal syntax. And what we found for our audience, problem syntaxes really work. So it's like really getting them to understand one main thing. And if we do this really good on a call, they show up, which is why do you need to change? So what questions give us data? How questions give us a measurement? And then the why gives us the real, it's, it's the only thing that matters. And whenever somebody doesn't show up to the call, I pull up the call recording, we listen to it and we're like, there it is. The guy didn't show up because literally he gave you one reason why he needed to change. Whereas the other guy that showed up with his wife, laptop prepared, pen and paper, right on time, was because there were five whys that he gave you on that call. So the better we got at that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like in painting, for example, like where I could see that, you know, 
is like it's like why like one of one of my favorite questions ever is like okay so like here's what you're going to get painted but why do you want to get it painted Maybe. right and i that's so important when you ask that on the initial call because like when someone says oh like i don't know like uh you know house has been painted in 10 years kind of want to see what it costs right so then it's like that's a different answer than oh i hate the color i need to change it you're like okay so what i'm like you know because when someone says i hate the color i need to change it like this i just can't live with this color that like, there's a lot of pain there right yeah. whereas when someone says oh i've been living here for 10 years i just want to know what it costs to paint it like it's not there's not add, i mean you might have to dive deeper into figuring out what you know more of a why statement but some people literally the why for the call is just trying to figure out pricing yeah whereas for other people it's actually to solve a specific problem that they have yeah exactly so it's like yeah. why questions give you room to ask more why questions like why now I guess there's a there's also an aspect too where like you can also get like a double standard where individuals might be trying to avoid current pain but also increase pleasure at the same time like uh I never really thought of it that way but like when someone's changing the color of their home for example like they're both trying to one not look like I, I if someone has a truly hideous color I find those ones book more because they yeah. have a, a situation that's undesirable Correct. and they're going to a desirable situation the people that are going from a neutral stance to a pleasure those are more difficult, right? Yeah, yeah. This is called gap selling, which is you identify, it's called heaven and hell island. You paint hell island, which they're on. You paint heaven island. And then if you want them to show up for the estimate, you leave the gap very wide and you set yourself up as the figure of authority who can show them how to cross that gap. Yeah. When you show I up to the, the estimate, yeah. then you present your solution as a boat on how you can help them go from hell island to heaven island it's called gaps yeah i get it it makes sense i mean i, I feel like there's all these fancy terms just running out know. there but but a lot of it just seems like it's the same dude yeah yeah it's the same but like uh it makes sense like you know like, like, like even like when someone has like peeling trim for example i guess like they may not even know the hell that they're in it's like hey like aren't you concerned about your trim peeling mm, no why would i be it's like oh well you know if you don't paint your trim it can <laughs> exactly. rot and you're like Holy sh and you're like, yeah, and it's the you know, person's like, rot, that's not good. You're like, yeah, it's really expensive to replace it. Yes. If you don't paint it soon, it could rot and that could potentially lead to, you Dude. know, hundred, you know, thousands of dollars in pain. You're like, holy shit. You're like, hey, so it's like we should really get this done. That's my favorite sale because I feel like I'm able to really paint the picture of like, hey, like this is actually like because one of my favorite sales pitches is the not that I specifically say this, but it's but it, but in a lot of ways you implicitly say, Can you really afford to not do this? Hmm which is one of my favorite kind of just like conversations. That's why like, I'm a pretty like like a logical guy in that sense where I find my favorite sales are the ones that are just pure logic where it's yeah. like, Hey man, like this just makes sense to do as yeah. far as you know, you're, you're, there's consequences if you don't do it. So it's actually, it's going to save you money. Whereas the ones where it's like, you just want to change the color. I, those ones I don't really get as much, you know? So makes sense. Yeah. Whereas well, we, the business you're in is mostly going to be logic based where it's like, Hey, look at like your life right now. You don't like it. It's like, and really kind of get them to paint the picture. I guess for you too, there's an aspect of people coming to you who already are aware of the problems that they're in. Right. Versus the ones that don't know, like you, you're probably, so the clients that are aware, is that better? So part of the game, that's where the ad comes in. The ad, if it's a good ad, gets people that are unaware of their problem to see the problem and it aggravates them For to the take a specific time. action. Correct. So the ad, a lot of the time, aggravates the problem. Why is it key for them to see it the first time? Hmm? 
what, what, why is it key that like, that, like, so like why, like why you, cause you specifically said that they're unaware of their problem. Why is that key? Well, it, it, versus it, someone knowing. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you want people who know they have problems. So sometimes people come okay. to you knowing the problem. Sometimes people are like, dude, I'm coming to you because I just learned about this problem. So you want. Yeah, I suppose there's a lot of people that are maybe just like, they're not aware that there's a better future for them. And then when they see your ad of like, hey, like, are you suffering from these problems? The person's like, fuck, I never realized that those are problems. But yeah, I guess they are. Yeah. 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 Um, it, this is actually a big part of the sales process is there's a specific part in my script where there's no, if there's no self-admission that there is a problem, I end the call. This happened to me on Saturday with this guy, Jared. I was like, okay, so you're telling me, you know how to market, you know how to get employees, you know how to get more profit, you know how to free up your time and you know how to scale this thing, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, great, man. And that's it. I have nothing to offer you. I was like, what do you mean? It's like, well, what problem are you trying to solve? Well, I just gave you these problems. Yeah, but like you just told me, Jared, that you want to solve these problems and you already know how to solve them. So like, why'd you even book this call? Well, I want to get better. Well, why would you want to get better? You already know how to get better. Yeah, but like, I want more. Well, why do you want more? Do you feel like you don't have the tools to get more? No. So what is it you really want? Oh, he wants, yeah, he wants, he doesn't want to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, dude, there's no magic pill here, you know? And, and then I just would end the call. I'd be like, yeah, man, like, honestly, like, if you, if, if, if you get stuck, like, give me a call, but like, I can't help you. Like, there's nothing to help. Yeah. Cause I guess what you're not trying to do, I guess, like, in, in a lot of ways, I mean, obviously, you're, you're probably able to be a lot more selective now that you have more flow coming in. So, you know, obviously that could change based on the amount of flow you're having in. But right now, because you have good flow of leads coming in, you're able to kind of select the ones that aren't necessarily needing like a kick in the ass or motivation per se. But you're you're looking for the people that know they have a problem. They, they want to work hard. It's just a matter of they haven't figured out the actual tool. Yes, that that is the ideal customer. Correct. But you're not, but you're not, not motivation coach kind of thing, like. No, no, no. It's a sales call. I'm not there to motivate. I'm there to yeah. diagnose. No, no, no. But what I meant though is that like you're not looking for people who are just not willing to do the work. Like that wouldn't fit into your group. Because... No, this is, yeah. There's there's specific questions that we ask even before they get to oh. me. Yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah, dude, you're just a little bit breaking up. I think I might be lagging a little bit. Yeah, can you just take a second and just like turn off the Wi-Fi on your phone, or like if Trisha's doing something, just like unplug from the Wi-Fi. There's no, there's no one else on the Wi-Fi. Mm. Okay, that's fine. I, mean, I can hear you. New now. Zealand doesn't have the best Wi-Fi. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, like I'm really just diagnosing. Like I'm just building a business plan for them. And if I fit in the business plan, then I'm like, yeah, man, like it makes sense for us to work. It's actually like highly logical the way we do things. And people really appreciate it because with contractors, most of them are highly skeptical. Like we give them both okay, but, of value. But okay. So like, okay, so fine. So you, help me out in, in my situation then. Cause like where, like where, where Brady and I are struggling right now is that we just don't have the flow. So like during, like during times where we have lots of, when I talk about flow, but I want to talk about lead like lots of leads coming in when we have lots of leads coming in, we, we're very good at getting the customers that we want. Like, you know, we, we, you know, as far as like setting up the calls properly, closing them on the spot, et cetera. Right. Where we're not doing like, where, 
like we're just like right now currently like in the fall we're like we just had a nosedive of demand as far as like like our traditional ways of getting leads are just not generating any any uh quality leads right now okay um okay let's get into it what are your marketing methods name them all that are working right now well I'll, i'll name all of them some of them like you mean ones that typically work of course yeah because nothing's working right now so um specifically for what we're looking for though like um like we're getting so here's i'll explain so here's all the uh ways that we're currently sourcing leads so google ads cold calling so door-to-door flyers so direct direct mail referrals repeat clients and then i suppose you could say networking but primarily this is to be property managers like so we, we reach out to property managers and and try and source work for them oh, and that okay. would encompass probably 95 percent of the work that we get i mean i don't maybe five percent comes from miscellaneous I, I couldn't even imagine but yeah those are our main sources that have worked for us over the last you know foreseeable future yeah so so right now mm -hmm. well i was gonna say so right now uh flyers are generating zero nothing when when typically they generate two dollars per revenue per uh, per flyer sent out this fall i would say we've probably generated somewhere around maybe 25 cents per flyer so it got it got cut by like it's literally one eighth of what it normally is which can't explain um and then we even printed like special flyers for this time of the year that worked very well last year that didn't work this year. Uh, door knocking, uh, typically like we don't get a lot of interior work from door knocking anyways, but so we're generating a fuck ton of exterior leads. Like I would say our, I would even say the cold calling this fall was better than I've ever seen for any time of the year period. Like the amount of exterior leads that we have for next year is nuts. We're also able to book work for next year, no problem for exteriors, okay? Online leads for August, September were awesome. End of September started falling off. October, literally nothing. November, literally nothing. So we just, there was like, there was literally just a, like we had a really good flow going into the fall and then it just took a nosedive and we just haven't been able to literally generate any, any, any substantial amount of uh, leads since. Yeah. We have a lot of customers who do mostly interior work, kitchens, uh, basement remodeling, electricians, plumbers. Yeah. And so I'm going to offer to you my opinion on what has worked consistently to generate those guys' leads. Okay. Um, you, 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 In the most basic form, you need the right stimuli to attract the right action. Do you have a Facebook business page? No. Okay. So that, that is the lowest hanging fruit to pull the most uh, levers. A Facebook business page that is mostly comprised of before and after photos of interior painting um, should be created. And what you can do, do you have tons of before and after photos for interior work? A fair amount, yeah. Yeah, amazing. So you take that, you collect it, 
whether it's you, your assistant, Brady, uh, you create a Facebook page. I can send you a template of what that would look like, your cover photo, the name of your business. Um, and then you want to uh, look at the past 20 interior leads, uh, jobs that you've done where you're really tight with the homeowner, where the homeowner was extremely satisfied. And then you call them and you go like, hey, Beth, like, this is John. Just want to check in and how, how's the paint job? Did you notice anything out of the ordinary? Uh, we're just doing a quick check-in to see if there's, um, you know, we, uh, I'd love to send a guy in for some touch-ups if needed. Oh, yeah, you're happy? Okay, great. Well, we're doing something here uh, for the for the Christmas time where we really want to give back to the community. And um, whether it's a, a donation in your name to a local charity or church or just simply a bottle of wine, we actually just want to express some thanks to your business. It's done tremendously for us and our team members. Um, it is, you know, uh, which, which usually like, are you a more of a wine drinker or would you kind of want to pass it forward? Kind of get their thing. It's like, okay, awesome. Well, and by the way, this is not the actual script, something like that. Make it yours. I get this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. And then you say, well, Beth, here's the thing. We just created a Facebook business page and I know you love the job and we actually love the process of doing this job for you. Um, we'd be happy to donate this $20 in your name. If you just click share on the project that we've done for you. Uh, it will just be helping out a small business uh, and at the same place, some of your friends and family who might need some interior work um, will be able to notice us and we'd be able to help them out with at least a free estimate, You know, just the same quality service that we've given you. We'd love to at least give them the first part of that completely free with a free kind of uh, estimate. Would you be against okay. that, Beth? No, no, no problem. Okay, Beth, I'm gonna send you a friend request on Facebook right now. What's your name? Oh, got it, okay, cool. So here's the post. It's already been created. Um, are you near a computer right now? This will just take two minutes. Okay, cool. Oh, it's on your phone? Okay, great. So I just tagged you. And because we're now friends and you're friends with the Facebook page, I just tagged you in this post where we talked about this kitchen that we've done and how we went from you know, purple to Albany gray. And just wanted, uh, did you get that notification? Okay, great. Click on that. And then you see that little share button in the bottom. Can you just click share there? And if you want to add a little yeah. sentence. Hey man, I, I get the, I get the scripting, but basically, okay. so you want to, you want to call someone, you know, get, and you basically get them to share and like the photo. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You do that um, 10, 10 times, yeah. you start creating some positive and you want to and add so that in you're your not necessarily, SOPs. You're not necessarily recommending that you, you, cause like, okay. So for, you're not necessarily recommending that you, uh, promote your page necessarily through ads or anything like that uh, but you're trying to get organic yeah that's easier that's an easier lower lever that doesn't cost them much money so you you get 20 customers to do that and now your impressions around this area is like increased because like beth's friends with like 300 people so you get 20 people to share there's literally like six thousand eyes on your on your posts so okay look who's this guy so now that adds like a multiplier effect on your flyers and all the other ones. So not only does it work as your own marketing method, but it adds like a multiplier effect. Like, oh, I've seen this. Beth, this flyer, look, Rob, this is what Beth used. So it's a multiplier effect and a marketing method within itself. So that's what that's how I would start uh, with kind of creating some. Yeah, Brady's brought this up to me and I, you know, because he had some massive success with Facebook pages in the, in the past. I, I had had, I guess I hadn't really ever done Facebook pages because we weren't allowed in the student works, but 
we had like at like social media advertising and I just found it to be absolutely atrocious as far as like the lead quality that we were getting. Like it was just like, like I did it for multiple years and put, you know, a couple thousand dollars into it. And I just never really saw any results from it, but this sounds like this is a different thing. This sounds like it's more like referral, like type, like the, the promoted ads that we got, like people that were clicking on those, it was, man, it was just really like really, really junk leads like all C leads, but this sounds more like a referral slash repeat client type of situation. Yeah, like the type of people that you'd be getting. Yeah. It's a bit different. Yeah. It's, it's in that domain. And that kind of leads uh, me to the, to yeah. the second thing. And I hope that helps, but you know, that's. Yeah. I, I'll definitely get Brady because Brady's actually been asking if he could do this. And I, and I kind of like put it on the side. I said, not really. Cause I just, cause I, from my personal experience, like I've just had such a, a negative experience with Instagram and Facebook leads that in the past, I just, it's just been yeah. such a waste of time and money that I just haven't really, so, it just wasn't really something I considered. You know, this there's paid Facebook ads and then there's organic Facebook ads. This is, yeah, I, I've never done Yeah. yeah that, that's why I'm open to this is because it's organic and, and, and Brady had success with it. So I, I'm seeing now there's a difference between organic and, and yeah. paid. Yeah. So all this effort that you're going to put in, right now can actually be duplicated on another platform. It's called Nextdoor. Have you ever heard of Nextdoor? I have, yeah. Okay, cool. So you can download it, Brady can download it, and you'll only have access to your specific zip code or postal code. And within that postal code, you'll join your neighborhood. And in that neighborhood, you can post, and you can't promote stuff, so you have to be kind of slick about it. But you can post like, um, and this is more, this takes a bit more work, but the quality of leads you get on here, it would be like actually just insane. Um, where basically you'd promote yourself as a small business owner or a manager to a small business that is grateful to be in the neighborhood. And every now and then would just say thanks or share a coffee in a local coffee shop. And every now and then would take a, a picture on a ladder in a job site saying, hey, thank you to the wonderful neighbors at uh the kingsway for allowing us the opportunity to paint their home i'm loving the color you're not promoting anything you're expressing gratitude for the neighborhood for giving you business and that gets your word of mouth so like if somebody's looking for a painter somebody would ask the neighbors hey anybody know a good painter you're tagged immediately um so you're kind of like a you trojan so it's horse. only really this one's only really good in in the postal code that you're in uh it's only possible in the postal code you're in Okay, sweet. So I think this might actually work out because Brady. So it, it, is it based off of like 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 when you say postal code, like mine's V one Y two N two. Is it for the entire V one Y postal code or V one Y two N two? V one Y. Okay, that's awesome because Brady's in V one V one W and I'm in V one Y. Yes. So V one Y is all of downtown, and V one W includes uh, Kettle Valley. Yeah. So. Oh, there you go, dude. There you go. Yeah. Mind you, it's got to be done intelligently. So after this call, I'm going to send you the SOPs we have built so that you don't get banned. Oh, because you can get banned? Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to send you the SOPs for that so that you and Brady don't get banned. Because if you're just like, hey, yeah, everyone hire me. I'm a I'm a painting operator. You're banned. just going to get banned. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck off. Um. So those are two organic methods that I that I highly recommend. But, but are you allowed to like anytime someone says, hey, anyone can recommend a painter, you can comment ProWorks painting on that. No, 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 Comment John Morgan. You're not a business on Nextdoor. You are a person. What do you mean? So you're a neighbor. Your name is John. You're part of the neighborhood. I see. So it's, it's hey, can anyone recommend a painter? You're, you don't want to say ProWorks Painting because now you're, you're promoting a company. 
Yeah, just be like, hey, I know, I think John has like a small business. He might be able to help you out. Yeah, it's a Trojan oh, so horse. You can be an anonymous user. No, why? No, nobody would want to interact with an anonymous user. Like, if you don't want to do this because of your style, have Brady do it. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I know I, I can do it for downtown, but I'm saying if my username is John Morgan and I say, like, I would say, hey, I'm a painter. Yes, Call bingo, me. bingo. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bingo, okay, bingo, sorry. Bingo, okay, bingo. yeah. But Brady would be like, "Hey," or I guess I could also. I guess that we could play a double team, like, "Hey, call Brady," <laughs> and you yeah, could sure. say, "Call John." Yeah, sure, yeah, totally. Yeah. No, no, but yeah. no, you guys would be in different communities. You wouldn't be able to see each other. No, I know, but I'm saying if someone said, "Hey," like, can someone recommend a painter? I'd be like, "Yeah, call Brady. He's awesome." Yeah, but yeah. but Brady's not in the postal code. Oh, sorry, but you can't. You, you can't. Oh, you can't post someone's phone number. No, you could, but it's just weird. You could, you could do that, but like you are the painter. You want to be the painter in the neighborhood. You want to build your reputation. You're the guy. You're part of the squad. You're the insider. No, I'm just thinking for, I guess, I guess in the short run, that's fine. But I'm just thinking in the, in the long run, I just don't know. I don't know if I want to be taking all these calls. That's all. Who says it has to be your phone number? It could be Brady's phone number. It's like, hey, call me. And it just redirects it to Brady. Hey, I'm John's right-hand man. Oh, I see. Be like, hey, yes, I'd be like, hey, I'm I'm a painting contractor. You can give me a call, and I can just put anyone's phone number. Yeah. Okay. Yes, of course. But you want to make it very personal. I see. Yes. Okay. So next door and Facebook are both really good ways of just getting like some extra like amazing. Yeah, just Dude, like, Austin here and there. Austin, when he did 500k, he used Facebook his Facebook page exactly as I'm telling you. That's how he did it. And you have SOPs for the Facebook page, of course. So you could send those to me. I could send them to Brady, kind of thing. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, okay. So, but, but what do you think about the, okay, so fine. So, so you're basically recommending some more social media, more personal, more, cause like those are maybe just like, those are less demand based and those are more like relationship based. Is that kind of the idea? Um, kind of, but the big reason is stimuli. You want interior, you have no problem getting any other job. So in these neighborhoods and in these posts and in these pages, you're only talking about interior work because that's the hardest to get. Don't post mm -hmm. exterior stuff. Yeah, basically, I'm realizing that like I we have a really good system for getting exterior work that happens to get into your work at times. Correct. But we don't necessarily have a strictly interior. Now you're formula. getting it. Yeah, I would go yeah. even a step further and call your business name like Pro X Painter Interior Painting on your Facebook. Yeah, Pro Works Interior. Yes. Yeah, interiors. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, because we, we're not needing to generate exterior leads, period. So Correct. just it's irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah, man. So those are the first two things. Now. Because I was even thinking like, I mean, I don't know why I didn't do it this year. In hindsight, I was like, fuck. Because I actually got a decent amount of work from it, like on Kijiji and like, you know, like Castnet, like even like those small websites. I actually like did a senior special and <laughs> it worked. those kind of worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, so th those are directories. I also recommend those. I could send you SOPs for those. Um but here's a question for you. How many Google reviews did you receive this year? Five stars. Um, maybe like 25 or so. How many jobs have you done that were pretty good where they would have given you five stars if you asked or had the right process in place? I'm not sure, but probably probably a few hundred, a couple hundred. Yeah, dude. So most people play the SEO, the SEO game where they try to like build up their website if you literally go on Google right now and type in painters in Kelowna, you'll see a Google ad and then you'll see Google Maps and then you'll see websites. So then you're like, okay, well, 
if I are already running good ads, how do I get on Google Maps? You have the most reviews, five-star reviews. You know, but Kelowna doesn't seem to operate that way though. Like the companies that come up at the top of the Google Maps thing are very, like I, I very rarely have the most reviews. Like, yeah, but we they're have, most clicked um, on. They're the most clicked on. Oh. But you can win that game by having the most reviews. You gotta you gotta show the algorithm that if But people... it's interesting though, because like the companies that show up at the top that are the most clicked on aren't even like they don't even have like they don't one, they don't have a lot of reviews, and two, they don't even have good reviews. It's kind of crazy. Like the top like the top three companies in Kelowna that come up consistently, at least when I do Google searches, and I try and use other people's phones every once in a while to try and see, like, you know, based on my phone, what their phone looks like. And the, my top three competitors on Google, other than ads, the ads thing is just random. Like whoever needs work tends to be like, I'm consistently on the ads page, but like other companies based on when they need work. But for the top three, it's, it's pro service, pro painters and sort of pro. And none of them have a five-star rating. They're all like, I think the average between the three of them is like 4.3 or maybe 4.2. And they all have less reviews than us. We have a five-star with 41 reviews. Yeah. There's only there's only there's only two companies that have more reviews than us in Kelowna. Let me explain something to you. So, if you're Google, what is your goal with with to, find, to, to match people up with what they actually want when they search? Yeah, but you can't read people's brain. So you can only measure their behavior. So when they go on Google and see these these websites that they're clicking on, these websites have probably conversion events built in and you can ask your Google Ads guy to do this for you. But you can create conversion events when they submit a form on your website that can send a positive feedback loop to Google itself to know, hey, this customer not only found us, but they spent X amount of minutes on our website. And then from all that, they clicked something that like satisfied a goal within your um, within your Google account. Yeah, unfortunately, at least for the time being, I have no control over my SEO or anything like that. And that's all being done by a guy that I think is... Yeah, so ask the guy to do that. To, yeah. So this, this is what I'm, I'm not going to get into this right now with you, but yeah, but but yes, I've 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 had many conversations with this. Yeah. Oh, okay, funny. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, basically, it's, just a, it's a pain spot for me. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. Well, um, that if a customer clicks on the link, that's a good sign. If they spend time on your website without bouncing out and doing any meaningful action. That's a good, like, that's a bad sign. You want them to do a meaningful action. So if you can make it yeah. clear that if, if to Google, Hey Google, when it comes to painting interior, if people click on this link, they're going to end their search. They're not going to go back on Google and search more. They're going to finish their activity. They're satisfied. They're satiated that they found their guy. They closed the tab. Great. You make that happen for your customers. You will get that top spot. Hmm, interesting. So I, I guess I have to maybe see what their websites are doing that are different than ours. Yeah, for sure. Um, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Chris, back to my is... original point. So, so basically, uh, those are three things you could be doing. Yeah. Okay. More reviews, a Facebook page and uh next door. Yeah. I have, I have, um, Brady this week, he's going to be sending out like, uh, have you heard of send out cards or something similar like to that? Christmas? Uh, not Christmas cards. These are basically like just thank you cards for the year. Like they're independent yeah. from Christmas that they're just like a, so every good. customer that had a good experience this year is going to get a thank you card. And then it'll ask like, if you felt like, you know, we did an amazing job, we would really appreciate a five-star Google review. And if there's any mistakes with your job, we would be more than happy to come back. Something like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Add a QR but code it's just in a, there. It's a thank you. 
there is um on the back there's a qr code that directly links to the google page yeah nice dude nice um now the final level to this game takes time takes money and takes a lot of effort and focus but if you can nail it you'll solve your interior leads problem and that's learning facebook ads but we're not going to talk about that but that's the no i'm not i'm just not willing to do it yeah that's okay it's a lot of effort yeah so that, that that's what i recommend that's what i've seen work for our customers and yeah it's pretty bulletproof takes time so you probably won't reap yeah. the rewards now probably next year you might get a job or two but uh yeah yeah we might we might catch a little bit of work i mean we're probably going to be shut down for the for the holiday season by the time any of this kicks in but it'll probably help in the new year exactly my last question to you from your kind of if you still want my opinion um is when's the last time you audited your door-to-door sales team and their performance? Well, I mean, the the door-to-door sales team is new um, and trained by me and Brady. So I would say it's been audited, I don't know, I mean, maybe every two weeks. Okay. Like Brady, Brady, like... Brady does an audit of the sale, of like of the cold calling. I would say, like every new person gets trained, and then if they're not performing, then he audits them. So basically, anyone that's not performing is getting audited. And then yeah. when I wasn't seeing results, I went in the field with Kyle and Brady and retrained them, and I, I was able to get their results way up. Yeah, yeah. cool. So I would um, say it's it, that's that's not really an issue. Like we're getting amazing cold calling results, just not interior leads. Cool. Yeah, and we take in mind we've we've now actually finished our entire territory for the for the fall, so we we, we like we don't have any like, we don't have any territory left for the year because you knocked on all doors. Correct. Cool. Yeah, I have nothing else to add. I hope that was helpful. Okay, well, I appreciate it, man. Well, the, definitely like adding additional sources of getting leads certainly will help. I would imagine. So, and they sound like yeah. they're pretty favorable. Um, yeah. Let me send you this right now before I forget. They're not necessarily immediate solutions, but they're good no. enough for you plant the seeds, the you know, I'll send yeah. this to you. And well, if you guys one are thing, one yeah. thing that I'm going to try and do next year, that's a little bit different. I was trying to do that this year and it didn't quite work out. Um, but it, it was close, but not, not perfect was uh, booking a bunch of uh, like, like more strata work, like hallways and things like that. And then just selectively having them do them in, in, during the slow season. Cause usually stratas are less schedule based They're So you can, you know, so just next year, I think I'm going to have a more of a focus, like, or like maybe late spring, early summer, more of a focus on trying to generate interior work through stratas for the mm. fall. Mm. So that's landing like a, a fat commercial job. We did. We we actually booked a fifty five thousand dollar hallway job, which would have been perfect. But but unfortunately, it's going to be for the spring of this of next year. It just didn't end up working for the fall. And then one of the hallway jobs that we did book ended up getting pushed off to next year. So okay. it just like so it didn't quite work out. But but I think that that's another thing too. Like because I know that like that's what Tristan does with Pierre is like he has a bunch of like school work and things like that, that are not schedule based, like that you can do at any time of the year. And he just selectively has all that work scheduled during the slowest time of the year. So I think that I just need to kind of build a backlog of like more commercial work, because of course, if I was willing to do like new construction, this would be a totally different conversation, but we're not willing to do new construction. So. Mm -hmm. Cool.
Yeah, fair enough. I, I sent you that email. And if you guys are listening, I can't send you that resource. It's just like trade arc propriety information. But unfortunately, John's my best friend. So I'm going to send it to you. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love you. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. That's that's what I recommend. Um, yeah. How was your week? Good, man. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying New Zealand. Um, it's a good time out here. I don't know. It's what, uh, just uh, a change of scenery. What did you do when like that was fun? Um, other than eat fat steaks yeah i did the steaks here are wild i had my first <laughs> bad steak yesterday crazy uh, yeah what is, what which, is that one in 20 steaks how many steaks one, i mean i don't even, I, I probably have like two steaks a day Oof. damn yeah. dude, maybe not get... maybe not on average but pretty close yeah. dude how often do you get colonoscopies what's that a colonoscopy where they put a camera up your bum why uh if you eat a lot of red meat you're more prone to colon cancer so you should get that checked like once every three years okay well i'll i'll consider it but uh no i mean we've been <laughs> you know we've been going on uh, like a lot of walks hikes a lot of drives um like just you know like to like thermal spas and things like that and Ooh. i don't know just like a bunch of just like random touristy things but um yeah i don't know i mean you know interesting enough though i mean uh like the things like and, and Trish and I both kind of came to the same conclusion. Like it's, it's quite nice to change your scenery, but we actually thoroughly enjoy doing a lot of the same things that we do at home, but just like in New Zealand, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, it's not like you like, change just, your personality. Like, yeah, no, but like that, you know, but that's exactly it though. Like we, we, we've talked about like how, like if we were to do like a, like another trip and we, not that we actually did a pretty good job of it this on this trip, but we, we, we've realized that we've actually, there's like uh we um we're, we're starting to realize more of what we actually want out of a trip versus because we don't really want a vacation like a vacation is almost like 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 a traditional vacation is like you basically just give up on all of your habits and your routines and you just like eat shitty for like two weeks or whatever and like we like we just weren't even interested in that remote like at all and so but staying in airbnbs for example there's unless you stay in the right Airbnb, like a lot of your habits may not necessarily be easy to do. So like, I'll give you an oh, example of the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so like, we're actually thinking like on, on a lot more trips, I think we actually want to stay in more hotels because hotels will have more amenities mm. of like what we actually want to do, mm. like working out and things like that. Yeah. On Monday, James asked me if he'd be, if I'd be down to go up to the cottage of his. So he bought an Airbnb, his own property, you know, that he listed. It's doing well. And it was like available from like Tuesday to Friday. So, dude, I felt like Dwayne the Rock Johnson planning for this damn thing. You know, how like the Rock travels with like a gym. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, I did. So I was like planning. I'm like, what is? What do I do at home? It's like, okay, here's the things I need. Here's the breakfast items I need, lunch items, dinner items, workout items, supplements. So for the first time ever, half of my bag was filled with like food and the other half with clothes. And then I had to haul these like 52 and a half pound dumbbells to bring up to the cottage. So then my breakfast wasn't in, in integrity. Sorry, my how many pounds were they? 52 and a half. Oh, interesting. Not quite 55, hey? No, they weren't. I could have said 55 and gave you a oh, little white were, lie. They exactly. were, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the twist. Um, 
but it was it was awesome sorry just the the landlord's like like trying to like get my attention i'm just like i'm on a fucking call you know yeah i'm I'm busy um but we're but we're realizing that we don't actually like to stay in airbnbs really um unless we're much more of a hotel clientele well yeah like just to be fair like james we we brought up the dumbbell and it's like he has a hot tub a sauna and it's like really cool he has most of the amenities um so i just had to bring out my gym and my food and yeah it was great i felt uh I felt powerful. I went up there. I made two sales. It was great. No, it's nice though, right? So, so I'm starting to, re- yeah. So, I, I think you came to the same realization. I just, or at least you, I think you just said what I just said, which is that it's nice to change your scenery and your environment, and like you know, have a different view, or just like have a different, you know, like different desk. Uh, yeah, just different small, desk. And it's things. fun to just be at different places, but ultimately, like I think Trish and I are starting to realize, like we don't necessarily want to change our lives, though, like. Like it's okay, fine. Like it's it's nice, like you know, because like Trish and I go for walks and hikes at home, and it's nice that when you're like in a different environment, that you're gonna have a different walk, a different you know thing. But I'm starting to realize, like, I'm actually quite excited for like the like the the next next phase of my life because um, it's kind of cool. Like I'm in New Zealand. I have two operating businesses that are both operating without me. Okay, and I'm able to run them both remotely. Um, obviously, Pierre is remote even if i'm in Kelowna, but but now that i have brady on the team obviously i don't i no longer have like a uh there's no longer a, a direct need for me to actually be because the only thing that i'm physically needed for in my painting business is the sales that's the only thing that i'm fit like that's the only thing that i don't uh, that i need to physically be there for um just due to the, the the current setup as far as us doing like in-person estimates and plan to close them but now that i have brady on the team uh, you know, when I'm not in town, he can do those, right? And when he's not in town, then obviously I, 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 we can time our trips, right? And then of course, when we bring on another sales rep, that even that, that that's like infinite leverage because now Brady and I both don't need to necessarily be in the business full time, right? So, pretty epic. Um, but it's exciting because it's like the first time in my life where I've actually been able to step up my business and not necessarily be required at any given moment. And the things that I'm doing are more, let's say, value add stuff. And then of course, like as far as like managing my investments. I mean, that's clearly a much geographically requirement required at all. Right. So it's kind of exciting because like, I'm, I'm starting to see, like, I could see how in like a few more years I would easily be able to like live more of a nomadic lifestyle, which would be kind of cool. Yeah, man. This is something I say to all contractors that meet me, which is ultimately, if you're trying to get to the next level of your business, you're just going to have to learn how to work less with your back and more with your head. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, I, you know, there's also an aspect to like, it almost like, I, I almost think that I would actually do, I don't know if I would do better per se. I've thought about this. The answer is actually Maybe. yes, you would, because you'd be forced to build the systems if you weren't actually in proximity of these problems. It's actually yeah, why yeah, James yeah, yeah. James yeah. recommends when people are buying Airbnbs to not get one that's close by. Because then you're just always going to be checking sense. it. There's like lifestyle. Yeah. Too. Well, okay, hold on. I think I would do better in the long run if, if I, I... I don't know if I would do better in the short run. No, definitely not. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, like next year, I don't know if I would do better if I like literally just decided to just move out of Kelowna and just like not be in the painting business. But in five years, I could see myself being in a way better place. Yeah. 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 There would definitely be a trade-off in the, in the, in the present, but, uh, but yeah, it's exciting. I don't know. So 
but so our biggest realization though is that we don't really want vacations per se like in the traditional sense like we like trips and we like living our life but i still want to wake up in the morning and read i still want to work out you know monday wednesday friday you know we like we want to do most of the stuff like we like our lives you know so it's it's good yeah 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 when i came back so overall it's been good yeah cool 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 um yeah let me see if i missed anything about this week um oh yeah when you when you have uh, an employee being onboarded do you have kind of like 12 to 24 month roadmaps of the stuff they that they can learn and different positions they can advance to or no no that's one thing i that i definitely have learned from tristan that i need to get better at which is like career development within my painting business yeah that's something we have I, a lot I'm more we have a lot more systems within the uh like Tristan's built a really good team in Kelowna and I can see that. Um, and I can see where I'm lacking in that in, in, uh, in, within the pro works business. Cool. Okay. So you're aware of that. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to, I definitely want to improve. We have a good onboarding system for the most part. It's, it's not very formal, so it could be more formalized. Um, because right now my, the painting business is really, it's reasonably systemized, but, but it's, but it's, uh, it's dependent upon individuals, like specific individuals, like Jocelyn, uh, Brady, myself, and Noah, right? Like, so it's, it's required, like, we all know what we need to do. But if one of them, like if Trisha, if Jocelyn was to leave, I would have to, like, it, it would take a pretty, like, considerable effort to, like, replace her in mm. a lot of ways. Mm. Because she, a lot of the systems are, she's aware of them, but I'm not necessarily, you know? Yeah. yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely massive improvements there. Yeah. How's, like how are you and Trisha? Trisha and I are doing good. Yep, Trisha's Trisha's quite happy on the trip. Um, she's been here for three weeks. This is we one week one week left in in New Zealand, but she's been here for three weeks, so she's kind of like in like that like in, in like in a pretty oh, relaxed homesick? state. Oh, relaxed. No, okay. no, she's in a pretty relaxed state. Um, awesome. And then yeah, I don't know. We're both excited to get back to Canada too, right? Yeah, yeah. kind of flips, you know. Well, not that I'm like, not that I'm like, like counting down the days till I get back, but there's a, like a, I don't know. The, yeah. Like we like our lives back in Canada too. So mm. I, uh, I watched the big short again. Cause why Me not? too. I watched it on the, I watched it on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> and right after I'm like, started looking at my business for like risks like oh dude where where are we leverage you know so it was, it was hilarious i was like texting patrick's like dude our business is gonna go under dude <laughs> we don't fix you this don't really problem. have you don't like you don't like you have a a you have a business that's like not really like there's a pretty i guess you would see it coming like you uh no because like your your major cost i mean now that you have like now you have independent con i mean if you have independent contractors you probably like those are you can cut those like super fast like versus if they were employees it'd be a totally different conversation but so you, you like you know if you did if there was a downturn in the demand for like you know for what you're providing or if there was like if your business model just changed somehow like maybe facebook changes their ad policies where they no longer allow coursework you know like there's a tons of things that could happen but I feel like you're only like the only thing you would potentially lose out on is just ad spend in the, in, like that's, like, that's your, like your biggest risk, right? No, our biggest risk is this. And you can't say this out loud because this literally would bankrupt us, but it's this. Um, if, 
if that happens with that thing, we're out of business. So Patrick and I are working on coming up with plan B and C. So if that does happen, we're safe. That is literally our biggest risk. I see, like not being able to operate in a certain, yeah. No, it'll be impossible for us to make money if that happens. Just, yeah, just because Canada is too small of a market. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Um, So yeah, we're we're trying to solve that, but like we know what to do there. Yeah, that makes sense. I could see that, but um, but I meant as far as like you guys. Okay, fine. Like I mean, obviously, like, like but I mean, I'm talking about like operational risks as far as mm. like more macro stuff. Like I, I feel like Oper- operationally, like I don't yeah, know. We're, if pretty, would, we're pretty like, I mean, lean. I was gonna say like you don't like it, it's not, like there's no assets within the business really. Like like no. Yeah, it's, we, we, I mean, we couldn't we couldn't buy contracting.com that failed. They just wanted too much money or not responding, just stopped responding. But, but obviously, it's because they, they wanted too much money then. Like, it, like you, Probably. I mean, you made an offer that they, I mean, obviously, everything's for sale at a certain price, but they, they oh, just, Jesus, like, yeah, man. Like, it's like a limit, yeah. So. No, no, I get that, but I'm saying if they, were, if they were not responding, it's not like they don't want to sell it, like, it's listed, right? Like, it's not listed. Oh, no weird okay but i mean you could probably get a different website but okay but i mean yeah. but so i mean th- there's really no assets to the business so i mean there's not really much risk that way. our data yeah i suppose but what i meant though is it's not like you have a lot of fixed costs or anything like that that you have to pay for on a daily no. on, on a monthly basis like you, you could like if you wanted to you could close down your business and, and, and wrap it up probably within a week <laughs> you know oh dude that would be like out. Yeah, yeah, like other than me being like, no, well, no, yeah, but whereas, like, where, no, but what so I'm saying, out no, of no. integrity. No, 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 no. But no, hear me out though. What I'm saying though is that if you like, if, if you're in the uh, Airbnb business, that's a totally different thing though. Oh, it's, yeah, like, okay. there's way more risks operationally for an Airbnb business, I would say, than than what you're doing. Yes, for sure. Not that not that there's not that I don't think Airbnbs are inherently risky, but but there's there's ways to get very leveraged within the Airbnb business, right? You know, like the, like, like the most leveraged, I guess, would be subleasing other people's Airbnbs downtown Toronto and having like 20 of them on sublease and then COVID hitting, right? Like that would be a pretty scary fucking time, right? Like that'd be super leveraged. Yeah. Versus if you owned 20 condos downtown Toronto with no huh. mortgages, you know what I mean? Like there's just like that. Like, so yeah. 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 Here, here's our overhead. It's mostly um, th- this number here is software expenses this is how much we spent per month on software yeah that's what i'm saying like like, like and then, it would and take then it would take it it would take an absolute fucking like storm for you guys to actually yeah. get in any sort of trouble right same with painting i mean painting there's just not a lot of fixed costs like it would you know it would be easy to wrap up um or if things were just so slow again like like, like, for example, like when, when uh, we don't have like our fixed costs, like when, like when we slow down here in the winter, it's not like we like lose a ton of money because as a result, like we just wind up operations for a few weeks, people go on EI. And then when we come back in, in January, we just, we like, we have work booked and we just go back into it. Like, but we don't lose like a shit ton of money, you know? Yeah. 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 Whereas if you own like a cement plant, it's like, huh. if, if no one. You know what I mean? Like if you're uh if you're if you're manufacturing steel and all of a sudden no one's buying Jesus steel, it's like you're getting fucked, right? Yeah. 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 It's definitely cycles. higher. Basically, 
there's basically what I'm saying is there's cycles and it doesn't seem like you're going to like, you're not going to lose a ton of money in a, in a down cycle. If yours is even cyclical or who knows? I mean, it doesn't sound, I don't see why, I don't see why what you're doing would be cyclical. Yeah. It, it, I haven't seen any pattern of such thing. Well, you wouldn't because you haven't been across multiple business cycles, but, but as far as. No, it's it's been, it's been two years, two and a half years. Dude, I mean, a business cycle could take five to 10 years. Oh, like, fair enough. We, we oh, talking about here. No, yeah, no, yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, some would argue that realistically, like, we haven't really had, we haven't even gone through a full cycle since, oh. like, the, yeah, like, if anything, we might only just now be, like, we're definitely in a recession, but as far as us, like, having, like, a, like, a, like, a completing a full business cycle, I would say we still are, like, maybe, you know, somewhere around, like, you know, a year to five years from, like, mm. completing the, like, since, let's say from 09 until maybe you could maybe you could argue that like COVID. 2020 yeah but i would say that's super artificial though in a lot of ways so, mm-hmm. yeah yeah i know it's cool like but... 2016 there was a bit of a downturn but but what i'm saying though is like advertising agencies for example like those are cyclical for sure um but like what's it what's a compare what do you think a, a comparable industry is to what you're doing like you're, you're doing consulting right so i uh, guess that'd be the book industry, sales industry. book sales no 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 consulting because no because no because well may, maybe you could say book sales i guess what's interesting though is that um you know what i found interesting dude isn't focus compounding just such a fucking good podcast like dude it's dude, that th- it's just, yeah if you guys don't know what i'm talking about john listens to focus compounding and i started listening here and there this guy jeff gannon like oh, a by the way, baby, I, just baby. I read everything that they recommend. I read everything they write. I read anyone that's associated with them, like any friends they have, past business partners, current business partners. Like I, I read everything that's associated with them. They're they're excellent. Yeah, there was a 2019. Um, I tried looking for the list of stocks that they owned, and I found in 2019 something on Seeking Alpha. Are in the companies that they owned and that letter to shareholders that Jeff Gannon wrote. Really? Can you send it to me? I actually don't think that he's ever done that. Yeah, Someone yeah. maybe screenshotted it. It's been leaked. Yeah, it's leaked. Oh, interesting. Can you send that to me? Oh, I have no clue how I found it. It was like an hour of scrolling. You didn't screenshot it? No, because I, I, I'm confident I can find it again. I can find it again for you. Dude, you got to get that for me. I'd be so curious. Yeah, there's so like curious. four stocks in there that were like pretty interesting. Um, Probably a lot of bank stocks, right? Uh, one bank stock. Do you remember which one it was? Um, in fact, I'm so good that I have it pulled up in front of you right now. This is let's it. look at this. Let's do this right now. Twenty five pages. Click to enlarge. Focus compounding, Tuesday, October 1st, 2019. A, we're 0 for 1 on assets plays so far. Andrew Kuhn to Jeff Gannon explaining why we could skip schlepping four miles through Manhattan to see a half-built condo tower in person. Um, I just want to just, hold on, let's just, like, let's not, let's not bore the people that are listening. I just get to the part where it shows the stocks and I'll walk through what, what I think is interesting about it. Okay. Because the rest of this is all going to be super boring if we start reading any of this. So during the quarter, we completely sold off two stocks, uh, Queenan Land Association and Computer Services. We bought new one new stock, NKR. NKR which is 
Oh God. What? What? There it is. Oh. It's headquartered in Norway. Yeah, I mean that's so obscure. Yeah. I don't know. No tiny clue what company. No clue what the Super hell this tiny. Is. Yeah, yeah, so he bought that. Know. Um so it doesn't it doesn't have just have a list. I don't remember our list. I remember going through finding the bolds and then looking up the companies in bold. <clears throat> so these are the ones he sold off. I simply put more of your money into stocks like NACO, computer services, and OTC markets. Yeah, that's one of his ones that he really likes is uh, OTC markets. Yeah, I doubt, I, I doubt that he's still buying it to this day, but. Yeah. It's a American financial market providing price and liquidity information for almost. It's basically just a, it's a stock exchange. Like it's it's like the New York Stock Exchange or the Chicago Merc Mercantile. Yeah. Oh, look at that, dude! It's twenty nineteen. It's done very well. Since twenty nineteen, it's up seventy one percent. Good catch, Jeff. Uh. By the way, John, when are you going to buy your tickets to go see Buffett? I honestly should get on that right away. Yeah. How, how does it prove that you're a shareholder or, or, or when you get there, you just, you just show them. Yeah. Yeah. My brother gifted me a B stock. So I'm just, I'm just going to show them that. How did, how did he gift you a B stock? He sold his and gave me the money. <laughs> oh, okay. You, you couldn't hit that, but there's specific apps where you can do that. Um. So he talks about a stock. He's, this is him dissecting computer services. Sorry, but, but where does it? Is there not just a list? Sorry, I don't think so. Oh, I think it made it made it sound like there's a list. Do you remember what the bank was? I'm I'm very curious to know what the bank is. It was River City Bank. Just just Control F and just type in bank. Oh yeah, true. Damn, John, this guy understands technology. Yeah, nothing bank. Uh, but. If you go, if you go focus compounding, yeah, and then you go, oh man, and then you go to their website, yeah. What I did was, if you click, if you go to focus compounding, and then you go click focuscompounding.com, invest with us, invest. Oh wait, there's like a portfolio. And then you scroll through the slides, this randomly generated sample from focused compounding's current watch list. Yeah. And and in here was River City Bank. Oh, interesting. That's well, how I, I mean, there's a there's a lot of banks that are in there though. Yeah. There's a lot of banks. River City Bank right here. River City Bank. There's a lot of banks in there, though. There is, um, yeah. Wine Group, Callaway's Nursery, Emerald Exposition, Tower Properties, Beaver Coal Company, California yeah. Orchard. He likes wine, natural resources, and banks, as well as a lot of insurance. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay.
Hmm. I'm surprised and, you were able to find that. Yeah, and that he thing post- on Seeking Alpha. Who posted it? Oh, I have no clue. But you see at the bottom, this slide was uploaded in uh, March 2022. So this is pretty recent. Huh. Yeah. So you can kind of look at the code of the website and figure out when they posted it. Uh, And then, yeah, I was just looking up. I found the name of their firm. And then there's like a bunch of websites. So it's focused compounding capital management. If you type that in and then letter to shareholders, uh, this thing on Seeking Alpha pops up. But there's nothing else. Absolutely nothing else. Oh, there you go. They're the yeah. company right here. Jack Henry and Associates, MLP. That first one's. Oh, that's computer. Yeah. yeah, they're. It's only four companies. That's crazy if that's the case that they actually have a fund with only four companies. I doubt in, it. In 2019. No, I know, but I, I, I doubt that. Oh, here's Adrian saying that he's wrong. Yeah, anyways, a little side tangent there, a little fun. But where was I going with that originally, though? Um, uh, that you can invest anywhere around the world. No, 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 no. I was talking about, I brought up focus compounding for a reason. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I was talking about, well, no, I don't think so. But either way, I guess we can just move on. The things that I, I some, I, I've been listening to a lot of their podcasts, because we had to do a lot of driving, like to and from cities, and mm-hmm. I've been listening to a lot of their podcasts, and I'm just thoroughly enjoying they're pretty good really they're really good man they're really really good um they're like no fluff too because like a lot of the like stuff like there's so much like just nonsense out there as far as like yeah 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 you know i tried looking into how much it costs to bring on guests on the podcast so austin and i were spitballing we're like oh what what if we got alex hermosi to come on the weekly call how much would that cost so, you know, we looked at all the money we made from the Patreon and like, yo, that's maybe, maybe that we could bring him in. It was like a couple of grand. And <laughs> so I started doing some Googling and searching. And well, got- I'm sure you could get him for like 30 minutes for a certain amount of time. So but guess, I bet it would probably be guess. for 30 how minutes. Much? No, no, no. How much to get Alex Ramosi on the podcast? Yeah, but how much time though? That's Two hours. Thing here well two hours is fucking that's a lot okay so okay let me let me do the math on because i mean i bet his rate isn't like consistent like i bet 30 minutes is like a lot cheaper than two hours you know what i mean so but for two hours whether you want to have him on a live event or a podcast it's flat oh uh, are you paying for? You probably have to pay for all his accommodations. It's, 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 that, it's, it's, it... It, it's probably around an hour. Now that I say it and I'm thinking about it, it's probably around an hour. Like an hour speech, okay. an hour keynote, it, an hour podcast. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, it can be. Yeah. Okay. I mean, not not accounting for like hotels, food, all that kind of stuff that he probably want you to pay for. Um, I'm guessing oof. an hour. Alex Ramosi weekly call. how accurate is your number a hundred percent um like i know that like i found like i found the place where you I would, would book say, 
was it yeah but hold on but was it a uh did you find like a website that's like him directly or was yes, it like him a, directly it was like this but it's much. not like it's not like a it's not like okay i'm gonna guess like seventy five thousand a hundred thousand dollars yeah okay i was gonna go i was gonna go a hundred thousand but then i was thinking like because you said him directly i was gonna say 75 like because i was thinking like a hundred thousand would probably be like a booking agency you know like they take their cut and they get them but yeah a hundred thousand a hundred thousand fifty percent deposit yeah, it's super fascinating. Um, For the same price, we can get um, Grant Cardone for an hour. Yeah, I mean, for a hundred thousand dollars, we could probably we could buy a lot of stuff for a hundred thousand dollars that we'd probably get <laughs> with some dude, more value. It's nuts. So I'm like thinking, like, okay, getting Jordan Peterson or Sam Harris, minimum twenty five fifty grand. You know what? I almost think that those guys might even do it for free. Like if, if you somehow got like a referral kind of thing going on, like, yeah. because like on a podcast like ours, I don't think that they would come on for free because there's no benefit to them. But like, for example, Jordan Peterson, I can guarantee you he's going on Joe Rogan's podcast for free. Oh, dude. No, no, no. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, like, so like if you have a big enough audience, I think that you could probably for do a sure. thing where it's like, Hey man, like, we'd like to have you on the podcast. We don't, yeah. we don't pay though. Like here's our audience. If you want to participate in that. Right. Yeah. But for a small podcast like us, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Guess how much, cause I think a, a good audience where I can run like ads on for my business is like uh Joe Rogan. I think like well, a lot of trades people might listen to Joe Rogan. Uh, how much do you think it costs to pay for a 30 second spot on Jerry on a random podcast? Do you know? I do uh 30 seconds i'd probably say i mean i'd, I'd go to hundred thousand. no it's like 1.4 million dude joe's just raking it dude, in. dude it's nuts 30 second spot yeah like it's like uh athletic I, guess greens. But I guess that's including spotify though spotify like spotify is doing that yeah 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 i was just blown yeah, away that's, that's like, dirty like that's how much it costs to like run it on the super bowl dude 30 second ad super bowl is like 1.4 it's just like fair enough while well, you're getting that many people you know it's interesting um i think this is why so many online businesses struggle to turn a profit because you're having to resort on things like that uh like just like like your 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 advertising expense is just so much greater than a brick and mortar oh my god dude yeah, yeah. So i find that stuff interesting recently but i do too i do too because like that's one thing i think a lot of people like you know, it, it's it's interesting, like how uh, like Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett had made so many calls so long ago, like where they just like you know, like they're probably you know, like I just remember Charlie Munger being like, the internet will probably make business less profitable, and that was like in like hmm. nineteen ninety eight or some shit. You know, like it was <laughs> so long ago, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't know, because like someone asked his opinion about the internet and like whether or not like I think like what how his businesses would be affected, and like you know, because they were talking about like a. Uh, uh, what was the encyclopedia business they owned world they maps one, um, world, world maps but i think it was i think it was uh world encyclopedia i think that's yeah. what it was yeah yeah or or it was an encyclopedia britannia was it or no 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 it's different anyway but anyway they have world maps and, and the encyclopedia business and you know and, and and charlie was just basically like yeah you know i think 
on as on 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 a whole he's like i think that the internet will make business less profitable and he's like yeah. that's all i have to say and it's so true though you know like if you look at the businesses that have been trying to operate like fully digital there's very few if you think about it like very few businesses that are fully digital that are uber profitable yeah you know um and that's even where you're, you, you where you, you know, you, you have like a small, like you have a, a pretty interesting niche that way where you're a fully digital business, right? Yeah, it's crazy. But in a lot of ways though, I would, I would still argue that you, the reason why you're profitable is because, and I guess, you know, whether or not you're profitable, I guess you'd have to factor in all the labor you spend building your product. So in that yes. case, you're not profitable yet, but no, we are but, profitable. It's just not as much. Not as much as you think. Well, no, but I guess if you were to pay someone else to to build your course, like how much would it have cost you versus if you know because you put in all the labor yourself? Oh, I get it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reason why I, the reason why I'm using that metric is because if you look at why a lot of like because like the, there's like the direct consumer retail and mm -hmm. just that that whole industry as a whole has just failed to be profitable. Like I I don't I can't really think of even a, a single example of a profitable enterprise that's direct to consumer. And there doesn't seem to be any like size advantage with that either. Like, you know, like the, like the, maybe the biggest direct to consumer would be like, like Wayfair maybe. Mm. Um, but none of but none of them have proven to be profitable, but you'd think, cause like their whole pitch originally was okay. Like direct to consumer, you know, there's, um, they, they explain the, you know, the, the, the supply chain to their, their customers saying, you know, there's a manufacturer, there's, going to be a distributor there's a retail shop and then there's you and they were like we're just going to cut out the middleman like there's no more distributor there's no more there's no more retail store there's no more salesperson that needs their commissions we're going to manufacture a product and ship it directly to you like so this is why we're going to be able to charge less and here's why you know you, you know so in, as a whole a lot of these businesses have maybe been better for the consumer but they have been terrible for shareholders. Like none of these businesses have proven to be profitable. And I think the reason why is what you just said about how expensive just advertising Joe Rogan experience. The internet in, as a whole to get traffic is just a lot more expensive than the physical world. Hmm. If Especially if you don't know what you're doing. But, but I yes. mean, a lot of these businesses are not, but a lot of these businesses are not necessarily incompetent. Like I, I don't think that, you know, Wayfair's marketing team is any worse than you, you mm. know, like- mm. Um, but where I was going to go with this though, is I think the reason why your business is profitable online is because you don't really have a cost of goods sold. What does that mean again? Well, like your, like your, Oh, my fulfillment. Uh, well, you have like, you have operating, operating expenses, like operating expenses. So like, but like the actual cost of producing your product is effectively nothing. Oh yeah, it's it's been well. It's now actually increasing as we scale because I need to hire somebody to help me with fulfillment. I need like a no, no, but that's no, that's but hold on, that's operating. That's, that's operating. operating. Okay, though. got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, that's okay. different. So you like your gross margin is like ninety nine percent on the product. Well, um, that's if and only if we didn't spend money on ads. But there's cost per acquisition. Yeah, but I um I guess so that's so I guess that I, I guess but so interesting enough though. Well, th that would be technically still an operating expense, I guess. But but see one may, one might argue 
that the gross margin of an online business advertising is a cost of the goods sold. I don't know because traditionally where you would see advertising is SG&A expense. So that would be like, so for example, like if I built a pair of like, let's say, um, let's use um, Casper mattress as an example. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Well, who's a shoe company? Well, you'll just use Casper. Dexter. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but so like, so like, you know, like, let's say you, you know, like you take a, you know, you sell a pair of uh, glasses for a hundred dollars. Okay. And it costs you $25 to, and this is probably pretty realistic, $25 to make the pair of glasses. Okay. Like, so to have it like, you know, uh, produced and shipped to the client, it's going to cost you 25 bucks. That's your gross margin. So it, your cost of goods sold were $25 or 25% in this case. Right. Mm but you don't have that expense. So like, but so where a lot of these online businesses struggle is that like their cost of goods sold are not necessarily any better than if anything, they might actually be worse than some of the brick and mortar stores because they don't have the same volume, let's say. Mm. Um, or they have to produce things in a certain way that makes it more shippable or, or something like that. But you know, like they, so their cost of goods sold is the same or worse than a lot of the brick and mortar stores but their advertising cost is just through the fucking roof because I was saying this to Trisha. It's like, you know, you, you might accidentally stumble upon a brick and mortar store, you know, or you might have like, if, let's say you're a repeat client, you only really pay like, you know, the customer may advertises you or the company maybe advertises you once, but then you're a repeat customer. So you like, you go back to the store over and over again. Um, you know, you drive by the store and that's free advertising in a lot of ways. Like there's the lease of the, of the store, but for online businesses, like I wonder what percentage, I mean, it, it must be a really high percentage, but for to actually have someone click on your website or in this case, open the door to your store, um, it's just more expensive on average per customer. Like mm -hmm. they're just having to spend so much more money on advertising, uh, than the brick and mortar stores such that it's no longer profitable. Mm -hmm. But because you don't have any cost of goods sold, like your advertising cost is probably pretty high, like in relation to a lot of businesses, but you also just have no cost of goods sold because you're selling IP. Correct. Yeah. But your business would be completely different if you were selling, I don't know, uh, I don't know, just anything that costs money to produce. Mm. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Has its advantages and disadvantages for sure. We'll see what happens. I'm optimistic and careful, but I don't know. Who knows what will happen? But I'm having fun like, right now, so. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a good business. Well, one of the things, like, you probably already know this, but one of the reasons we are also succeeding is because of my business partner. People just keep forgetting that my business partner it's Patrick fucking Lalonde. So that yeah, helps. Yeah, octopus, man. The guy's interesting. That helps. Like, I'll tell you, you know, this guy has ran multiple businesses, seen what's worked, helped take Stuneworks from five to 26 million. Uh, and on top of it, ran a business that failed before. So he knows what Did it actually end up failing and going out of business? No, they just don't make money. As a shareholder, he will never make his money back. Never is a long time, yeah. actually. But, it's uh, uh yeah, he's um 
yeah, what was that business called again? It was the uh... which business? Spivo. Yeah, Spivo. That's right. Yeah, I remember him talking about that when he came on the podcast. Yeah. So people just keep forgetting that. Like that's a huge competitive advantage. And I spent literally two and a half years failing at Facebook ads. So like, I will outbid you in the auction place. Um, if you're targeting my customers, I have more capital. I can talk to them better and I understand the system better. Yeah. But you're also in probably such a segmented market that I couldn't imagine really anyone, um, well, anybody from StudentWorks can be my competition, technically, you know, like hypothetically. But I we have a plan for that, so we're not really yeah. Concerned. But there'd be there'd be a pretty but there'd be a pretty expensive lesson in that, I would say. Like, and I don't know, I don't even know if they would actually like be a direct competitor. Like, I feel like it's so niched out. Like, like it's such a segmented market. Like, I don't know. Like, it seems like there's so many people that could play in your market. Like, it's it's such a it's a massive market. It's super niched out. Um, it's not a win. It's not a winner take all situation. I don't think there's any advantages to being larger by any stretch. No, no, no. You're wrong on that. Very few. No, false. Well, what? Yeah, but what, okay. What, what advantages is, is there of being a larger? More money. The more money, the more you can bid to get that one lead, that one cost per click. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. Fair enough. But but sorry. But like. But but like. Like, but after a certain point, it doesn't, it doesn't end up being that much like an advantage. Like I'm saying like, like the difference between like, fine, the difference between someone that who's just starting out, who maybe has $50,000 in operating capital and a business that has a million dollars in operating capital versus one that has $50 million. Like, I don't think a guy with $50 million is going to do way better than you. You know what I mean? Like, 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 I, like, does that make sense? Like, I don't, I don't think there's massive advantages in your industry of being larger. Uh, there's obviously some advantages, but I mean, there's, there's advantages in any business of being larger, but as compared to what, I guess is a better question. Well, there's, uh, what do you mean as compared to what I just, I, I, all I'm saying, I guess the, the, what I'm trying to say is that in your industry, I just think there's a lot of people that can win. Like it's oh, not, fair enough. isn't that yeah, every like industry? No, not at all. Steel, there's one fucking, there's Steel. maybe two winners. Yeah, yeah, that's an no, oligarchy, pretty much. No, 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 but hold on. <laughs> Railroads, there's one or two winners in any market, right? Um, oh, dude. You know? Fair enough, man. No, yeah, but, white, but white, even, o, white ocean, white ocean, like, sorry, red ocean, blue ocean. Yeah, yeah, these. I mean, I'd, even, I'd even say in painting, like, it's pretty, like, I don't think that, like, Kelowna could have 10 major painting companies all do really well. Like, I mean, I don't know how much, I don't know how much paintings are in Kelowna, but like, there's a, there's a certain market of, let's say repaint painters. Like, so like I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to guess that there's probably somewhere around $15 million of repaint work done in, well, maybe more, but let's just say $15 million for shits and giggles. Okay. So it like, is there going to be like what 15 businesses doing a million or is is or is it going to be like a 50-50 split between like 50% of that's going to go to like larger more established businesses oh. 50% Oh dude. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you can say that so confidently. Like how like on what I'm basis? Not. No, oh, no, okay, I'm, okay. no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. I did not say like, that's why I specifically said I have no idea what these numbers are, but I'm just hypothetically oh, saying. Oh, got it. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying though is like 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 um like we're pro like we're probably 
getting to the point where eventually in the next few years, like, but like, like within painting, like, you know, like, I don't think you're running a $10 million painting business in Kelowna if you're only doing repaints mm. is, is my point. Like, so at some point in time, there's a limit, of course, there's a limit. Yeah. yeah but no, but, but, but in your industry though, I don't like, I don't think there's a massive, like, uh, like if someone came in and started competing in your industry, there's no barriers to entry in a lot of ways. Like anybody can just like, make youtube ads and face like there's no barrier that way right mm. so it's su super low barrier to entry but at the same time I, I i think that it comes down to the operator like it comes down to you like as the individual like mm. if you're not a good like i don't i don't I, it seems like a like a heavy like a uh, focus on like um like talent. owner operator model yeah, yeah. like the talent like it, it's going to come down to the the course that you've built and then you you know you as, a, as an individual yeah yeah, but so if someone came in, they're a shitty individual. I don't think they can compete against you, like in mm. any way. Mm. Well, I'm excited for the day we get a competitor. It'll definitely light a different fire in my belly that I haven't felt since StudentWorks. It's the need to crush. I don't even think mm. you would notice if you had a competitor. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, cool. The market's just so 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 segmented, right? And so, like, you know, it's not like you would see them or anything like that, like. You know, maybe like I don't, I don't, you get on a call and they're like, no, Hey man, like I actually got three quotes. I'm going to go with this other guy. Like, I, you know, it's maybe, you know, and I, I, I also think that you can just keep continue continuously just differentiate yourself from the other, from your competition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. I don't know. I guess I, I, I legitimately, I'm not smart enough to answer that. You're, I have no clue. You're never going to get to the point where you can't grow. Well, it's not, you don't have to be smart enough to answer it. You just have to be smart enough to think about what's pr probably going to happen or what, 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 like what the odds are like, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Amr, what's the odds that someone starting a student works business tomorrow, like, sorry, someone from student works opens up what you're doing right now and puts you out of business. I'd say it's fucking zero. Mm. <laughs> oh, out of business. Yeah. Yeah. No, but but even takes from your business, I would still say it's zero. Like the odds of them, like someone coming into your industry and actually affecting you, like you're just you're just like there's too many. Like there's just so much competition. I I have a hard time believing it's going to directly affect you individually. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in painting, I think that's a totally different thing because it's it's a way smaller market. If someone came specifically into Kelowna, like if you like if you came if you Ammer came to Kelowna and operate a painting business, it would materially affect me for sure. Or at least it would change the, it would change the landscape of the business of running a painting business in Kelowna. What a dick move. Imagine. Well, it, no, but, but it would be bad for you and me probably. Yeah, I know. There'd be less profit to go around for sure. It's like the internet. Yeah. Well, well, either that or we would, we would put all of our competitors out of business. Like, you know, like <laughs> that's probably what would happen. Like, because I mean, like, if you think about it, like, um, with like with student works and in pro works, like we don't compete against one another, one another, which I found really interesting. Like, that was always my big fear. So, if you think about it, like, like has the painting market grown in Kelowna? Like, so student works used to do, like, when I first started student works in my very first year, like between myself and the two other operators in Kelowna, did so West Kelowna and then mainstream, you know, uh, main Kelowna did like, uh, I don't know, not even two hundred thousand. Whereas now, um you know, eight years later between ProWorks and StudentWorks, we did this year, we'll probably do, I don't know, like over 2 million. Mm. 
right? So like that, that has to come from somewhere like that, like someone has a smaller business as a result of that, right? I, what I'm saying is I don't think that's happening in your industry. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. You want to do a whack versus wise before Austin jumps on? I don't know if Austin's going to jump on. He's supposed to jump on in nine minutes, but we can we can squeeze a whack versus wise. He jumps on. He shares about his week, and then we can just wrap up. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I got a cool song. Oh. Oh, yo, he's been trying to text us. He's home. 37 minutes ago that's hilarious oh my god that's brutal. oh my god dude this is bad. well i mean that goes to show we just don't well we don't check our things during the podcast <laughs> look at this email he's no i know he sent me one too 30 minutes ago, 40 minutes ago. What's the link for the podcast? All caps. No, warm, I know. I know. Warm he's regards. calling my phone. Warm yeah. regards. Fuck. It's, we're going to get roasted live. Oh, God. Let's see if he stole the joint. I doubt it. Five, five missed calls. Oh, God. I know. My, yeah, oh. my phone ringing the whole time. All right. <laughs> well, I guess we'll just wait. See if he joins. Oh man, yo, what 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 are the biggest challenges you're running into right now in all areas of your life? I guess what to spend my time on, mm -hmm. like where I'm gonna get the most leverage for my time. Oh, dude, can I show you something? Sure. So for versus, really... Hold on, versus what I actually want to be doing, though. Like, there's kind of a trade-off there. Like, I know. So have I ever showed you this? Time value diagnosis. So for really advanced contractors... Um, we have this conversation where obviously if you're listening to this, I have like a chart that goes from left to right with headlines on the very left, negative a hundred dollars per hour. And then it goes $0 per hour, $50 per hour, hundred dollars per hour, thousand dollars per hour, $10,000 per hour and a hundred thousand dollars per hour. Um, and within each bucket, I have different activities that you can be spending um, your time on if you're running a contracting business. For example, a $100 per hour activity is cold calling and following up. A negative $100 per hour activity is breaking promises, avoiding problems that need to be fixed, eating no, fast No, you definitely food. showed this to me before. It's it, it's fascinating. I mean, I, I, definitely, I definitely think about this. Um, I think you should lot. take this and build on it. So, because this is specific to my ideal customer in my own life, I have my own version of this. I think you should create your own version and then fucking staple it on your wall because the name of the game right now 
is you're not really limited with time or money. Your main limitation of resource is your decision making and your constant ability to calculate opportunity cost. Yeah. yeah, well, there's a part of me though that, like, okay, so like, uh, like I, I would say this is the biggest challenge that I'm like. I don't know if this is a challenge though, but it's, but here's the biggest like kind of thought that goes through my head is like, like I I want to transition eventually to being a full time investor, but certainly in the short run, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to make more money. Like it comes, it oh, it could potentially comes at the cost of me being a better business operator. So I was just texting Austin. You were saying the biggest yeah, uh, the biggest downside in the short term is you becoming the best possible operator for your painting business. Well, no, it's just a matter of me. No, no, it's just a matter of me. Like, like the time that I'm spending, let's say, trying to become a better investor versus trying to be a better operator, definitely has there's an opportunity cost there. Like, I could potentially be making a lot more money as a painting contractor, or you know, spending a lot more time on Pure, let's say. Yeah, like, I, I just don't. So when I made the switch to try and start this own business, I had to just accept the fact that I was going to fall behind and slow down. And I think that's like now maybe what you're approaching is maybe, you know, you're making a lot of money right now. You can just keep milking it. But like until the, until when? Like maybe until you have a million liquid, 1.5, 2 million. It's all arbitrary. Well no, it's a, well, no, it's a matter of me changing. Sorry, like uh, the challenge then. So that's the dilemma is like, okay, like I can either, you know, continue working in these operating businesses like on a full-time basis and, and you know, really heavily being involved in them. Um, but but ultimately, I really want to try and transition more into, you know, and I think Tristan's seeing this too for himself, which is that like the only way that I'm going to get like supremely rich is if, is if if i start really working only on the businesses and focusing on the capital allocation like like that's just the only way that i'm actually going to get like as rich as i really want to get like i'm not going to get rich if i continue just doing like sales calls for a painting business yeah. like in the short run so, obviously Johnny, here's the question know, then are you okay with making you know having the business be 70 percent as efficient as it is today if you can make that trade-off for you're the CEO or the, you know, well, there's a, hell, there's a, sorry. Well, there's, there's, there is a, there is probably a balance between the two. Like, you know, it's, it's not like, it's not like, like, I, like, cause I have operating businesses that I need, like that I need the cash flow from, but I also want to make sure that I can, you know, be an intelligent investor as well. So, and, and it's like, it's, there's a certain amount of time that I have to spend on investing to not make massive mistakes but at the same time, there's a certain amount of time I have to spend in my operating businesses to not like have them like fall into decay, right? Like, I have, and there's certain milestones I have to get them to in order to like have have things go desirably, yeah. and certain key people I have to onboard. Yeah, this is actually what Berkshire Hathaway is. It's funny enough. That's literally what Warren Buffett had to figure out. It is honestly, and and it's getting exciting because I'm realizing more and more. Dude, that should be your question in Omaha. Once we go to the thing, you should line up with me. That should be your question to Buffett. Well, interesting enough, Tris, uh, uh, sorry, interesting enough, uh, really, if anything, I feel like I'm Warren, like, so, you know, just, I mean, whoa, no, 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 no. Hello? I, I wasn't about to say what, what you want to say. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, I'm still here. 
I okay, might be okay. lagging slightly. Yeah, Can yeah, you hear me? Good. yeah, yeah. I no, hun, I'm actually about to. I'm I'm about to. Uh, if anything, I'm equivalent to Warren Buffett at age like nine. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, okay. Because like, because <laughs> what? Because <laughs> I'm just like 20 years behind Warren Buffett. Because if you think about it, Warren Buffett started investing when he was like, like I think of like I think in his like before 10, but he he started his first operating business. Uh, I, like would say true operating business when I think he was uh, in high school, he had the uh, coin operating machines. So he would, he had had like pinball machines uh, and different like types of like, uh, like, like gumball machines and things like that, uh, that he would go to different stores in Washington and then basically sell, uh, sell, like have them like on a, on a, on a, I guess it, basically he'd buy the machine, put it inside the store and then give a portion of the profits to the owner. That was how it worked. And he was making like really good money actually doing it. So, and then he was investing on the side. That's just how I feel. Like, so I'm just like equivalent to like Warren Buffett, at like age 12 or something like that, you know, like, so I'm just starting out investing, I'm making mistakes and I'm like trying to spend time on that, but I'm like operating like these like pretty simple businesses, like, you know, like painting and, and, and indoor air quality. And I'm, I just haven't achieved the scale enough where I can, I can, cause Warren Buffett, other than the pinball machine, realistically, um, other than when he had to step in uh, as like intern CEO for uh, for Lehman Brothers, can I show you something that might actually what? help help out here? I showed this. Uh, I watched this myself. Here, watch. Check this out. Um, so funny clip uh, from Alex Ramosi, of course. Uh. Can I just finish one point because I'll, I'll make it a little bit more concise. Basically, the point that I'm trying to make is that Warren Buffett never really was an operator. He always was a capital allocator. And I've been mostly an operator that's, that's trying not true. to transition. He operated a textile business for like 20 years, bro. No, he he did not he did not operate it. He had um he had the 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 fan, I forget the guy's name now, but there was a guy that operated it for him. Um oh. uh I, I forget uh Phil something. Um yeah. Okay, cool. I'm gonna check this out. Yeah. They're wasting their time. A lot of people think they're wasting their time working at their job or doing some repetitive tasks because they see people on Instagram, they see me saying you need to do high leverage activities. And you do. The thing is, is how do you build leverage? You build leverage by having stair step of activities that build on the past effort. So for example, if you wanted to get into finance, you want to be an investment banker, you want to do private equity. If you can't do arithmetic, it's going to be really tough to be in private equity. But when you're doing your math problems, when you're 10 years old, you're not thinking like, man, this is such low leverage. It is low leverage, but it's building to the next thing that will give you more leverage. People conflate sequence. They think what they're doing is not getting them leverage because it's not getting them leverage today, but it is building the fulcrum that they're going to be able to crank leverage on later on in their career. A lot. Yeah. So this is where I still have satisfaction in the same, in the sense mm. that like, I, I agree with what, with, with, uh, Alex. Alex had just said, yeah. So like, I understand that these operating businesses are absolutely pivotable or pivotal. How come I can't say that word? Ooh. Are capable of being pivoted. No, 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 I'm not, no, no. Pivotable. No, but that's not, no, but no, 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 no. Well, I, I literally cannot say this word. What, what word is it? Uh, pivotal? Or pivotal. Yeah. They're important. Yeah. 
but it, that sounds weird when I say it pivotal. You know, they're very, they're very. I don't know why my brain just isn't doesn't want to register that word. But you know, they're very important. Uh, in like, because I have to get a certain amount of capital in order for me to in order for this to actually like work, right? Mm. Um, mm. like like I need these operating businesses the same way that Warren Buffett needed operating businesses in order to get to the next level as well. Okay, so just so everyone knows, Austin is now on the call, and I think he's actually in bed with Miranda right now. <laughs> yo, yo, boys, what a colossal fuck up on our end, eh? What a shit show of a podcast this is. What is this? Honestly, it's been going own... quite well. <laughs> well, I imagine, I imagine it has. I imagine it has on this fucking ambiguous link that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world other than for John, I guess. <laughs> you got to be in the um, Patreon to get it. Yeah, dude, dude you got to be in the Patreon. Dude. No, dude, listen, listen. Yo, Amber, the, why I take I take responsibility. I, I take responsibility. This is totally my fault. And I'll tell you why. You said would I can jump on when I get home, would be until 9 30 p.m. approximately. So at 9 20, I'm like, okay, I'll just start sending Austin this. So I completely John threw his phone. I threw my <laughs> That's phone. That's like the most subtle way of saying, hey Austin, it's my fault. But here's why it's actually yours. But I'm going to act <laughs> as if I'm taking responsibility. Yo, <laughs> That's what I just said. No, but I should have sent the link earlier. No, no, no. But when you said, can you jump on at 8.30? I said, yeah, no problem. I'll be on until 9.30 approximately. Oh, so when I got home at 8.30, I'm like, where's the link? Oh, God. Well, now it's an so, hour later. It's now at 9.34. Well, it's good not Austin. I was, well, in this, I was in another Zoom room with some of our Patreon members because I was I was sharing what was going on with uh, with with our Patreon group in the background. I'm like, boys, I'm like in, in our Patreon group that has like 16 people in it. I'm like, hey, I'm locked out of the podcast right now. Anyone want to <laughs> chat? So I just jumped on a link with, with uh, Max uh that's awesome max da max dan and brady wow. and, uh, oh dude how's brady doing um i haven't oh i guess you haven't talked to him in a while eh or i guess well, like you're, you're in new zealand bit. right like yeah 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 um yeah well he uh i we, we only i was only there with him for 15 minutes but um uh yeah anyway this is uh this is jokes because i was talking to them about starting a podcast because they're talking to me about starting a podcast they're like they want to start a because they have an accountability call every week, I think, because of this podcast. Like our, oh, our that's call, awesome! Right? Wow. So it's it's Max, Brady, uh, Zach, Dan, and Skyler, mm. I think. And uh, yo, we came up with a sick name: the Five Alive Club. No? <laughs> like the old Five Alive brand. That's actually kind of sick. I think. What's Five but, Alive? Uh, you don't remember that juice? You know, Five Alive. No. Well, what? Austin, Austin, Emmer, do you remember that? No, no. What? No, no. Dude, well, what was that? What was that? Locked, what was that one? You locked me out of the podcast fucking... and then you don't remember five. No, 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 no. It's not that we don't remember it. I don't think it existed. What was that? Like that, like, like fatty cat? What was that? <laughs> Welcome back, Austin. What was, Yo, that one cartoon that you, like, what was that one cartoon that you made up that one time? The, ca the cat? Cat dog. Cat dog, yeah. Yeah, dude, cat dog. Not real. Dude, no one heard of cat dog. It's a conspiracy. Cat dog, cat dog. Dude, it is Vanilla a effect. lit show. Vanilla yeah. effect. What we were just talking about, are you going to stick around at all? Or is this like goodnight, Austin? I mean, I want to know how your week went, of... Austin. And I would like to propose that you stay on our podcast. Like, I don't want you to go start another podcast. 
No, 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 no. Like I'm your... not going to go leave you guys. Oh, I, I thought saying, you were starting a they, competitor in retaliation. They were going to start the pod. Like, they, they were already thinking of turning their weekly call into a podcast called oh, The cool. Five Alive Club. Because they're already five guys without me. Oh, and I'm also, so I'm like also one. not going to. Yeah. I, well, I said, I just, I'm the inaugural guest. Like, I have to be uh, <laughs> in that. So, anyway, um, quickly. John, or I guess John, you wanted to say something, and then I can share about my week. I can I can share, and then and then I do have uh, to go. Got to well, get the blankets, but fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, if we're gonna talk about your week, let's talk about your week. Yeah, I want to know how your week. Well, went I want. Okay. Um. Honestly, one of the busiest weeks I've ever had uh, in a long time. Just um, my last full week of production. Um. I had a bunch of sales in my personal business and a lot of uh, a lot of meetings preparing January training in the next year with the franchise. And then on Friday morning, so I was like kind of, I did a five day week in about four days. And then Friday morning I left uh, at 5 a.m., drove downtown Toronto, did uh, with our Toronto, Toronto West division with Dan. So he's the Toronto West franchise. We presented two quotes to a condo corp. We met, went and did a final walkthrough with one of his big clients. And then we went and closed a, uh, a nice little roof in like a suburban area. Nice little, probably like a 13K re-roof uh, with the shed in the back. Got it all closed. And this, this franchise is like uh, really, really production strong, but definitely has some sales challenges. So it was nice to like, have a really hard quote with a lot of objections and close. That was really nice. Then we went for dinner and then I drove to my hotel in Brantford, which is kind of triangulated between London, Toronto and Burlington. And then I woke up in the morning, drove to London, did a full day of estimates with our London division. Uh, that was kind of a weird day because we had one reschedule, one we got there couple people in the family had COVID, so kind of had to deal with that. And then we had a, a really good end-of-day quote where we closed a 20K roof with financing to wrap up. Went out to dinner again and then woke up in the morning, checked out of the hotel, drove to Burlington. Uh, had another three estimates, went three for three, booked 40K. Oof, and, fucking uh, and then fucking ripped home to get ghosted for a podcast. So that was oh, the end of the on, that was the end of the week. Oh wow! Uh, Don't say it like that. That hurts my. But that was a man. that was a fucking grind of a week. Like I think I did probably eleven or twelve estimates this week, uh, and three full days of sales. That'll take the window to your sales. You know, like that's uh, that's a big week. So Why did you do these estimates again? Uh, these are all franchises I'm coaching. Oh. So I'm going and some of these are rookies, some of these are vets, but I just needed to do, I wanted to do like a big Toronto trip before the snow hit the ground. Cause thing is with roofing is you can sell roofing. Um, like you can build so much more need and urgency when there's mm. no, when you can see the whole roof. Yeah. So I wanted to get like a big weekend of sales in, in Toronto with my team. Wait, you were in Toronto? Uh, dude, did you not? Wait, so dude, story? wait, so Amory, you got ghosted. What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, yeah, it came to Toronto. Didn't even say what's up. Did it sound like I went and saw some friends, dude? I was like, you know, I was. Yeah, you did it because I'm just right I here. I heard Toronto Raptors game in there. So, yeah. So yeah I think okay. a Blue Jays. I think uh, 
Yo, I have FIFA I World have Cup. Amber no, Amber, the Blue Jays lost, uh, and they're out. Oh yeah, I'm not surprised. I know. Yeah, I don't, Yo, I don't it's know. It's not actually, even MLB season's not even going on right now. But, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know. yeah. Um, but uh, no, I I didn't see anyone in Toronto other than franchisees. So who's I the franchisee that. in Toronto? Is it um, Luke's Dan friend? Stratton. Yeah, Dan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Dan and uh, and then Eric. Eric Stratman in London. Damn. And, uh, Wait, is the guy's name Dan Friends or is it Dan's friend? No, it's Dan Stratton. Stratton. Oh, it sounded like you guys were saying like Dan's friend. Oh, like, no, no. Amher said Luke's friend, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Luke's friend, yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the other guys knew Josh in Burlington with the, with the franchisee. So, anyway. Amber, I'm sorry I didn't come uh, you know, deep in there and give you a little foot rub. And uh, <laughs> What the hell are you talking about, foot rub? Fuck you in. Fuck you in. <laughs> we, could no. have, we could have sat in your sauna there for an hour. You know? Dude, I would have taken you to the gym, and it would have been sick. I would have paid for the guest pass, sauna, cold shower, I, steam. Amber, I would have beat you in golf. No- nothing mini bowling oh dude this podcast is going to cause me to have a fucking stroke right now there's even a bar um there there's a bar gym. at your gym yeah bro yes there's levels yo what <laughs> there's levels <laughs> so i had, uh, i did not have any did just sound like i had spare time in that weekend there actually you know, hold on like, guys okay actually i have a question for austin so yeah. austin uh trish this is a question for from a friend asking for a friend yeah her name sure. trisha um <clears throat> so this house that you're building yeah like so you like just to clarify you bought a parcel of land and then you're building like so that you hired like a company that builds like a modular home kind of thing or like what is it yeah yeah that's exactly it what's the company called it's called maison Côté. yeah okay that's actually the one that we found yeah because we were, we were trying to like trying to like the source it out like to see what kind of houses like because like we were staying in a house like in New Zealand that looks like it was like probably like similar to what you were getting like because it like yeah. you know, like you could see how it was like built like you know it was like a modular yes. kind of thing they're actually pretty cool dude they're so cool and you can save a ton of money like I think that, well that was the thing home... that we did that's that's the thing that we couldn't figure out is how how it was cheaper I don't know well it's cheaper because they build them year round in perfect conditions with no effects of weather and the raw materials are stri- are so optimized for how they order in bulk like they frame every house the same way they use the same materials they have one window and door company they have one shingle supplier they have one siding supplier like the whole thing is just and it's optimized. like is it is it actually cheaper than building a new home yeah it's like $275 a square foot everything included uh everything except furnish so like literally everything from your plumbing, wait is that concrete pad as well uh so yeah yeah oh okay that's where we were missing it so like like because i was thinking like because like when i was looking on their website and i was looking at the cost like holy shit because i was thinking that you would have to do all your own electrical all your plumbing and no. all your like oh, your okay. house comes already plum- like uh <laughs> your house comes plumbed <laughs> it's not the right word, it, doesn't, it doesn't need to be house, so it's not septic uh, it's like like it, it's so no no sorry let me let me confirm this. Uh, the only thing that's not included in this is um, is any additional upgrades that you want to make to your septic, your well, and your foundation because you get like a basic budget included in that amount for um, like a regular foundation, a regular well, a regular septic. 
But because of where we're building our house, it's going to be way more advantageous for the value of the house to have an EcoFlow septic and then also to have a foundation that's really solid because it's a walkout basement because the land is sloped. So we're choosing to like spend a bit more there so that the house is actually like we're building a house that's going to be really well fitted to the, the parcel of land. And um, but like, for example, if we're going to go over on that 275 a square foot, um, then we can include that in our mortgage or we can just pay for it. So effectively, that was my next question building, is that can you finance it? Yeah. So we're building a house, um, 1100 square foot house. Technically, it's one story, but we're we're putting the ceilings. So it has it has nine foot ceilings in the basement with the walkout. So it's kind of like two stories, but I guess legally it's one. Um, and, uh, it's going to cost us around 350,000, everything included, but not the land. Exactly. So we've already bought the land separately. Like we bought the land, uh, in March. Did you pay cash for the land? No, we actually got a bridge. Uh, it's like a, it's a kind of a mortgage in two parts. So, um, we we're going to put, I think. It's going to be 10% depending on when we get the house. I might choose to put 20% down, um, but it's, it's currently it's 10% down on a mortgage for the whole thing. Um, and uh, the money has already been paid out to the landowner and is, is just like frozen. And I have, we haven't started paying for that partial mortgage that's been paid out. I'm yeah, just okay. paying, I'm, I, I'm not paying monthly payments. I'm just paying, um, uh, just the interest on the amount that's been loaned out once a month. That makes sense. I see. Until you, until the home gets put until in, the mortgage actually then, then it's just yeah, yeah. How much do you pay for the land? The land was one seventy five. It's an acre on a golf course, like a nice. It's pretty sick, golf actually. So basically, for like five hundred twenty five thousand dollars in total, you get like a like a like a pretty decent house that yeah. you, you can finish the basement eventually too, right? So yeah, well, we're gonna I'm gonna finish it hopefully pretty soon, but yeah, it's about five twenty five, and it's kind of I don't know. I was I was thinking it was kind of not going to be a good option because um, I really didn't want to build like a single family home and and have that be against my credit for like my purchasing power and stuff. But then I looked at what, what we're paying right now for renting a condo and the amount of money that I pay per month, because I'm the only one paying for it right now. But Miranda also now earns like good money because when we moved in here, I was the only income earner because she was still in school and now she's earning yeah. money. So if she just starts paying what I'm paying for this condo per month, there's literally no changes in our in my expenditures. Um. Like she just starts paying. It's like if she had her own apartment and I had my own apartment. You know what I mean? You see what my, yeah. see my logic is. So like budgetary yeah. wise, it's very affordable. And then I thought, I'm like, man, we pay like whatever. I'm going to calculate what we pay per year in rent. I calculated it the other day, but um, we pay about 20, Damn. 22,000. Damn, yeah. dude. What? I'm so jealous. Yeah, but we also live in Gatineau, Quebec. You live in downtown Toronto, so. Mm. But yeah, um, if you were to build that, like I was just talking to uh, some, like some of the franchisees in Toronto about this, like building a modular home, because, like, I don't know, man. 
we're going to meet, we're going to finalize the plans at the plant on Wednesday this week. And I kind of like when, when I, when we're done building John, like obviously you'll come and see it when you're visiting me or when we're, you no, know, I'll definitely come. Uh, I'll definitely come out with Trisha and come visit you guys. Cause yeah. Can I come? Like it's a pretty, uh, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm going to actually, I'll send John the address and then, and then when <laughs> you want to wanna come, and then when you want to come, you'll be like, dude, where do I go? I'll be like, uh, what do you mean? I thought I was going to send it Who to you Who is this? Later. Wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So uh, I also was unsuccessful in finding the episode where I spoke about the house. So I did want to take full accountability for that. Yeah, dude, this is so yeah. wild. It's like, no, yeah, it was actually, it was just it was so. I want you to know. Yeah. I want you to know that I feel bad because I've been making an effort to talk more about things I've done, like in my personal life, not just business. And that truly just was like, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck happened there. It, so. I I love how like the two biggest decisions that you that you've had to make <laughs> in the last five years we weren't a part of either. No, of I them. Talk, dude, <laughs> I talked to you about proposing to Miranda for sure. Oh, that's right. No, 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 that's like right. Rydell. It's talking about Rydell. Rydell, a house. Like I think I swear, I swear to God, yeah, yeah, Austin, yeah. if you come to me and say you're like that, like it just shows us a kid. Have, like who is that? Like if you is tell me if nephew? you tell me Miranda's pregnant, then I'm like, okay, whatever. Like you know, like that. that you you know, it's yeah. like you can like, predict that yeah. in advance. Like, hey guys, yeah. just so you guys know, I'm like trying to like make a baby now. Like I mean, I I don't need to hear that part, but but if you come to me and you're like, yo, John, I have twins, I'm gonna fucking freak out. Like if you yeah. make the I, I want out, twins so badly. Yeah, I think everyone wants twins at this point. I think everyone's basically just like hoping for twins. Yeah, you know what? If if uh, we want to get population back up to what we need it to be, we just need to make more twins, baby. That's what we need. Yeah, more twins. Yeah, yeah. We need to start counting by twos. But uh, no, that's sick, man. I'm really stoked about that. So basically, the the idea behind the house is that it's it's effectively you're building equity rather than paying rent, and it's it ends up being the same cost by the sounds of it. Um. Well, roughly, roughly the same cost, but. Because your mortgage will be our, around four hundred thousand or so, so yeah, proportionate to our income. Um, I guess mortgages are pretty expensive now too, right? So yeah, proportionate to our income, it's the same. The only difference is that Miranda started earning money. Because your mortgage uh, like will be about thirty thousand dollars or so a year. Um. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So um, it just Austin. made sense. And then I was like, I was trying to think of like, is there any big downside? But your rent this? cost technically goes down because um, the interest, because they like, if you if you consider interest and rent the same thing, the amount of interest you'll pay in your first year will probably be around the same, but then it'll yeah. go down over time. Yeah. Yeah, and I also purposely want. How, how is the, the uh, value on those? Like, what's the um, like? Do they hold? Do they hold value or do they depreciate? Well, where we're building is uh, quite. Like we're building um, on a golf course that has a bunch of very nice houses. So naturally it brings up the value a little bit. Um, but night, like we're being strategic with what we're doing, uh, especially with height of ceilings and also um, keeping the walkout accessible so that if we wanted to, we do have the ability to turn it into an apartment. Miranda's definitely opposed to that given that we want to have children, but uh it's I nice to have the options. opportunities yeah. there. Yeah, for sure. No, but what I meant though is like, um, do like does that style of house hold value, 
or is it like because oh. I, I know like i know like i know like mobile homes for example do not hold value like trailer parks like you know in general well, i mean there it's a single family home it's not a very massive house obviously we're getting it built and like dropped on our like we're literally but, it's, but is it do. considered like a trailer to some degree like or like not like a, I, no, I, is it no, considered no, no. like it's a mobile a home at all home. or is it no yeah, it's okay, fully okay. detached fixed home yeah like we yeah, have okay. to so get it's, like, it's, it's yeah okay so it's it's basically it's no different than if you were to just build one it's just a different form of build yeah. exactly exactly yeah impressive yeah it's cool that you're doing that well ballsy. i appreciate it guys thank you but I, it is is ballsy, the cost you know? roughly the same across all canada mm, well you looked up that company do you know if they service uh everywhere in canada I doubt it, um, but I'm saying, uh, but I'm, I'm wondering if there's companies that are, there's probably companies that do the same thing in BC though. Yeah, for sure there are. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know. Actually, I didn't really look into that. I, I looked at two different modular home companies and Mark, like my, like the Mark I run my business with, he just finished building a modular home with his partner and they just moved into it like maybe a month and a half ago and they used the other company like not the one I use, but the, you know, there's really only two where we live. And, um, and he didn't have the best experience with them. Like yeah, he obviously has the house and the house is great, but like just the whole experience A to Z wasn't like super fun. So um, I ended up just going with the other company kind of just so we could see which one's better. <laughs> um, and the guy I bought my lot from was a past painting client of mine, funny enough. Um, okay. And uh, he, it was an off market deal, which was really great because he, uh, he lives nearby and he was only trying to sell the lot to people who like, he knows, which is kind of jokes. Um, cause he didn't want anyone sense, doing though. anything crazy to it. It is kind of, yeah, it is kind of funny. Um, and he builds a lot of houses cause he's a developer or not a developer, but I guess like he's like, uh, he owns a bunch of lots. He builds these modular homes and then sells them. So whatever the hell you want to call that. <laughs> um, he Builder. either sells them or air or Airbnbs them, but he doesn't build the houses. He just gets the modular home company to do it. And then he profits mm. off of it, but he's mm. used both modular home companies before. And uh, the one I chose is the one he's had the better experience with. So, um, dude, what an amazing John, connection. Should, I know dude. And think to think about like, um, this guy just messaged me. Like this guy messaged me off a Facebook post ad that I made in 2018, uh, you know, it's like, wow about about my student painting business like what the fuck yeah that'd be um, pretty interesting it'd also be a pretty affordable way to build an airbnb that's like perfect like the perfect size for an airbnb you know i know john you should just huh. move to quebec buddy you and uh you and trisha yeah i don't know i don't really like french so well nor do i yet here we are yeah well i i know but i mean 175 is not like that's not like that's i mean land in bc like you can get lots for you know that amount too like it's like are you right in the city by the way respect you're gonna break the fourth wall here respect to our quebec listeners i do like french people no whoa 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 i like french people i don't like like i don't speak french like i don't want to learn french like it yeah i love french people french people are awesome yeah it's the french language that i just i have no i have no no desire to like learn yeah you know yeah for sure learn quebec learn the culture you know yeah but uh no but that, that's interesting though because i mean as far as like building like a like if you if, like like 
the actually like like if, if if those costs are similar like to actually like buy like a house for an airbnb would be way more than that for sure man but you gotta also yeah. like you gotta take into consideration too like um there's a bunch of hidden costs too you know like notary fees construction permit fees oh i could only you imagine know, could i'm only choosing imagine. to like i'm choosing to like just because i work in a trade technically um i'm choosing to um manage some of the stuff myself especially the excavation the tree removal uh, the foundation uh, pouring the well and the septic so i'm pretty much managing everything until the house gets dropped and then they take it over for a few weeks and then i get the house back and i'm also choosing choosing to get to install all the siding myself because I have a couple subcontractor crews that can do it. Um, so I'm saving a bunch of money that way. So I can afford to build like a night, get them to build a nicer, like not nicer, but like things that we want to, like, for example, we're doing a cathedral ceiling on the first story. So it's like a big open area, you know, like that's like a, that's like a, I think it's like an $18,000 upgrade to like knock out the entire attic and frame it all with drywall and have like nice wooden beams going across and stuff. But I'm just saving like that 18 grand savings. I'm, I'm going to be able to like save on them charging me to install all the siding. And I'm just going to buy I the see. siding. So you were like, Hey, can you guys, can I swap out? Like you, I do the siding. You guys So there's a that. bunch of, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff you can just like swap out. They're super chill uh, with that. And like, when you get, when you get your plans, you like we're going there on Wednesday to like finalize every single last detail, like the windows for each opening, how big they are, what way they're going to face relative to the sun, you know, how deep are our closets going to be like all these tiny little think tinkery things, you know? Um, and then they build the house and get this three days, dude. They build the house yeah, in nuts. three days. Like, fuck what? Wow. Scary. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. So when it's all said and done, I'm going to have you guys over there. Well, the year after is going to be my wedding. So you guys will see it then at the very latest. Um, but you guys will be there. Hopefully the year, like next fall, I'm thinking we're going to do a retreat for the weekly call again. Right. So it could be like Eastern Canada, but in my section of the woods, you know, and do Damn. it. There. I like that. That'd be sick, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, still, yeah, I'm still like thinking that. we should do like a summer retreat as well in Vegas with the weekly ballers. That is actually the yeah. definition of a baller. So that makes sense. Yeah. Austin, we might be in Vegas, dude. You can't. I <laughs> doesn't listen to this fucking podcast anyway. So who cares? Oh, that was too far. We gotta edit that. <laughs> we gotta edit that out. That, why would you say that? This is all being edited. Send me the audio immediately. <laughs> no, dude, I, I, I can, I can, I can blur out. Okay, well, since you're editing this, can you guys tell me what the fuck you're talking about? Uh, I I don't, we can't. We can't. We just can't. Ever, I don't need to send it to you. I can blur out the name. That's fine. Are you? No, no, no. You got to blur out this whole section. Like this is all being blurred right now. What? No, dude. All I'm gonna blur out is the name. Who the fuck's gonna know what we're talking about? Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. You you okay. you're the one that said we're gonna go to Vegas. It's like, uh, uh, um, can I just uh, confirm? Okay, so Amber, you're for sure going to Omaha's, and you already have your flights booked. Me and my brother are going. Done. Okay, so 
And then you guys should come. Austin, are you planning on going? I'm probably not going to go. No. Okay, so I will. Oh. I will go. <laughs> Dude, why did you ask me? You said, "Are you going, Austin?" And I said, "No." And then John said, "So I'm going to go." <laughs> Meaning, like, now that I'm not going, John's like, "Fuck yeah, that's sick." I'm gonna. No, go. I'm no, I'm gonna go. I'm no, I'm gonna go. Like, for, like, like, regardless of you going, I'll go. Yeah. Dude, we can just split a hotel. The three of us would be chill. Yeah. Yo, I just don't like. I'm not into Warren Buffett nearly as much as you guys. Like, yeah, no, I get like it. A new it'd, level it'd, it'd be pretty boring. It'd be pretty boring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I might literally not sleep and just stand in line to get a chance to ask him a question. So. No, it what doesn't work that way him? anymore. What would you ask him? Um, you submit I, all the questions to Betty Quick now. Oh, really? Is that post twenty twenty? Yeah, you don't stand in line anymore. Yeah. Wait, she asked the questions for me. Yeah. Oh, dude. No, no, no. She doesn't ask the questions for you. She she picks the question. all of the questions that were submitted, and then she like finds themes and then invents her own questions. That's the worst thing ever. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, dude. I know. Emma, dude. What would the you ask of Tim Ferriss? Did you hear the part when Tim Ferriss? Of like, course, did you actually yeah, twenty fourteen. Like, yeah, 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 twenty fourteen. Yeah. yeah, Austin. I literally have a note like in my phone where I've been coming literally it's called Berkshire Hathaway question. And uh, yeah, I've just been like working on different questions that I'm curious about. Give me your best one right now. Yo, you've had uh, that here it phone. Is. You've had that phone for legit since you were a rookie operator. 2017, that's, baby. That's fucked. No, it's before rookie. I bought it when Michael Holly <laughs> hired me as a sales manager. Works perfectly. So crazy. I have one that's that old too. You don't use it though. Oh so my god. Good. Oh yeah. Yeah, here it is. Here's the question. Here's the question. So if I was to go up on the mic, I would be like, uh uh, Mr. Buffett, Mr. Munger. I've been thinking about the right question to ask for a year now. I have read uh, my name is Amher from Toronto, Ontario. I have been thinking about the right question to ask for a year now i've read every report since 1966 i haven't done that yet so i still need to do that i have listened to every annual meeting i'm always done that i had a friend say to me that if you ask the right question you're able to act on it you can it can make you very very rich so here's my question what's your credit card information and then here i get a few <laughs>, laughs i get a few laughs here you know and then I'd be like, all right, here's my real question. I'm 24 years old, and for the past seven years, I've been increasing my skill sets as a business owner. This is how, this has such been allowing me to increase my earning power. All of a sudden, my productivity between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. has been helping me make more and more money as I get smarter and smarter at the game of business. As an immigrant, I truly see a way to finally break the curse. However, this has given me a problem of understanding the opportunity cost from... Uh, the opportunity cost when it comes to spending less time in the business and more time in other places. So here's my question. How do you willingly make the trade-off knowing uh, with your time, knowing how much potential, how do you willingly make the trade-off knowing how much potential more impact you can make on the world? And uh, it's not perfectly worded, but that's like, I, how do you willingly make the trade-off knowing how much potential more impact and money you can make given your compounding skill sets 
when it comes to doing things outside of running a business, such as going on walks, hikes, and maybe going for the odd ice cream run. That, that would be my question because he likes playing bridge. And I don't understand when you're Warren Buffett. And yes, you can say there's an argument on recovery, but when he's not recovering and rather spending his time like at a family dinner or playing bridge, like he could be making like in that hour, maybe 17 to like 50 more million dollars. So it's like, how do you make yeah, the trade off? I think like, this is actually the same conversation. I think, Amr, we had like a few weeks ago about like romantic partners and like willing to just do shit that's outside of your comfort zone and skill set. And outside yeah, no, of like, I know. your. Yeah, I think it's actually the same question, right? It like is. it's like because it's like I enjoy doing stuff that doesn't earn me money, really, like a lot, <laughs> you know. And I have yeah. no guilt with it. Like I enjoy, um, like sitting down and watching a hockey game for like two and a half hours. No, but my and problem. No problem. But that's what you're saying, right? Like yeah, but my problem, it's like part of me is okay with being the quote unquote sacrifice. You know, it's like, I, oh. I see what I mean. It's like, maybe I'll eat but an Amber, I guess, But I guess this is the thing where you have to ask yourself, why does it matter what other people do? Like, like if you're perfectly content, actually just not doing any of these things because they don't matter to you, then why, like, what's the question then? Because I feel it's just like, like in 10 years, I'm going to just wake up from this like greed or whatever you want to call it. And I have, you know, this money and success, but I'm like extremely lonely. And people have... I can, we can play the tapes of where this has happened in many people's lives. And I, I just, I just think that's a mistake. So. Well then, yeah, I mean, sorry, if my voice changed because my headphones died, we've been on this call for long enough, but yeah, um, basically. Well, Charlie, Charlie has a comment on that, right? I, I don't know what year this is, but he says uh, he's like, there's more important things to do than trade pieces of paper oh yeah 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 this was early on yeah he's like he's like he's like he's like if the only thing you've achieved by the end of your life is that yeah. you have the most pieces of paper he's like you've you've played it wrong you know yeah yeah exactly and i know it's right i just need to do it so that that wasn't my final question that was one of the drafts of my questions i like, um, i still like the question though i think it's a good question I, I like the question. I just, I know for a fact, based on all of the ones that I've listened to and Amber, I'm sure you can vouch for this, that question wouldn't land well. I don't think he would answer it very well because his attention span is just not like, I think he would just like zone off halfway through. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, more than money. Everyone's least favorite thing is when someone starts off with not ask, asking a question, everyone hates that. Like everyone's like, oh, fucking this guy's gonna tell a story about his life. They start clapping. Yeah. Austin, when, when somebody's asking like a really long question, the audience starts clapping so they can just get them to shut up. <laughs> Yo, that's savage. Well, Austin, dude, it's so brutal how many fucking times someone will get up there and they're just such a narcissist that they like tell their whole life story and everyone's like, dude, shut the fuck up and ask the question. Like, you know, they don't say that. They don't say that. They don't say that. But they basically that's like, yeah, crazy. They start that's clapping. Crazy. Yeah. And then Warren will cut off a lot of people too. No, he no, no, he doesn't. Yes, he yes, he does. There's been many times. Yeah, yes. only climate change people who are like free the river or something. That was in 2018 <laughs> or something. The Namath mm -hmm. River incident, that was the only time he was stepping in. The other times he would let the audience do it. He I was, no, 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 I was there's been Amber, come on. There's been many times where he's kind of gave nope. a bit of a channel and he's like No, he hasn't. I've been listening very guys, carefully gonna... for that. I'm going to jump off. 
Austin, um, I'm sorry. Amber, don't need to apologize, buddy. I know you didn't do it on purpose. It was honestly kind of funny. I had a great conversation with the boys in the other room there. So, okay, cool. We have an amazing Patreon group. Dude, yeah, we're, we're very lucky. We got some great people, man. Yeah, they're great. Shout out to the Weekly Ballers. See yeah. you guys. See you guys later. Thanks, man. Good night. Peace. Yeah, I think it was 2018 or 20, 2016 was the Namath River protests and climate change. It just got too hectic, you know? But, yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, want to do a little walk? Hit the bed. Let's do it. By the way, dude, just to say this, your background looks like a screensaver for Windows. It doesn't even look real. What the hell? Yeah, it just looks like the Windows XP background. Yeah. No, that looks fine. This, this just looks fake. Looks like a wallpaper. It's pretty beautiful. Wow. Yeah. You know what else is beautiful? part of New Zealand. Oh, I, I can see you. Yeah. Speaking of beautiful... Here's this here's a beautiful song. A little yachty. I don't know if we played this song. I don't think so. So this is a uh, little yachty. Song's called Coffin. Why is his YouTube name Little Boat? Little Boat. That's his uh, nickname. To his nickname. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. Uh, 11,000 comments. 17 million views in two years. <laughs> Dude, wait, what? Listen to that. that read that first comment. <laughs> I used to be a fan. But after hearing this masterpiece, I'm a whole air conditioner now. <laughs> and, uh, this is movies and music with an uh, Naruto anime icon. 17,000 likes. Here we go. I got to start dropping these, man. You got a lot. Fuck mixtape. Fuck deluxe. YouTube. Oh, yeah, the YouTube. Drop that shit, man. I be going.
will. will. Might put this bitch in my will. will. Gonna do what? Be trip, trippin' nigga. Us. Us. Chill. Fuckin' this bitch in the hills. I ain't even lickin'. She wet as an ill. Ill. Nigga. I'm just talking. Do you think that if he posted that song, but he wasn't famous, but he was just you know, like an up and coming rapper, but that was like just a video he posted, do you think it would even like do well? Like, do you think it like, do you think people would be like, wow, this song's fire? Um, or a bit of like a, you know what I mean by that? Or I do, I do. Here's the answer to your question. So this is his his concert. crazy yeah i i think this song would do well if he was or was not famous and if you didn't get the chance i think this is one of the coolest videos on youtube just type in lil yachty with the hardest walkout ever it's sick it's an interesting video Okay, that's what I'm reading. Yeah. Okay, give me the keys to the coupe. I'm a pull out. Gotta wear condoms because I do not pull out. You walk in the spot <laughs> 50 deep with the tool out. They know that it is us. Show out at the cookout. Slap go. We get money. Don't care about what they on us. Finger fuck hundreds at home all alone. In a suit with a slick like Capone. Beep. Bow for the Jackson, like Shimon. <laughs> I took the chrome to chrome, Shimon. I took his bitch, I boned, Beezy. I made her leave her phone, yes, yeah, oh. Who said we ain't made records? Go. Rich ass, still Eden, checkers. Still pull up, double decker, boys. Still control the whole mecca. Still that n-word, still, still. I still fuck her. I will, will. Might put this bitch in my will. Will. <laughs> All right, there it is. <sighs> you got any wisdom for me? I do. Cleanse me. It might be a little cliche at this point, but I want to say it just because it's such a good quote. Say it again. I know exactly the quote. Say it again. Revenue is vanity. Profit is sanity. Cash is reality. Trade there it is. Radar consulting. Yes. Yes. Hold on. Let me just put this in Google quickly. Yeah. I wonder if anything comes up. Okay. Let's find out. I think you'd have to say cash flow is reality, though. The only thing that would make that cool better is if the somehow there was like a cash flow is and it rhymed as well. Like, you know, like profit is sanity, you know? Okay. So here, here we go. Revenue is vanity. Okay, like, this is like this is like qu quoted to like fifty people, but it, it feels like Alan Miltz said revenue is vanity. Huh? Cash is king, though. Yeah. Yeah, it says cash is king. Alan Mitz is a co-founder of Cashflow Story and co-author of Scaling Up. 
Turnover is vanity, is about your ego. Profit is sanity, is about the reason you're most likely in business. And cash is reality, is what keeps the doors open. Yeah, well, his quote there, hold on, his quote there is excellent. In business, how much you keep and how much money is in the bank after covering costs matters more than anything. Yeah. Turnover is about is vanity about your ego. Profit is sanity about the reason you're most likely in business. And cash is reality is what keeps the doors open. Yeah, dude, it's just that yeah, I just like it because I feel like we're, we're in a world where there's so many people getting into business that don't necessarily understand that. Yeah, facts. Or there's many people that have been in business for a long time that just need a refresher. Well, they've just been, but I, I think there's so many opportunities to like, for example, I think we've, I think we've talked, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast. I think, I don't know if I was saying this to Tricia, but like, it would be very, very easy for me to just start doing different lines of business within painting. Like most likely, like I, <laughs> like, I could easily start doing commercial, like, I'm sorry, not commercial, a uh, new construction painting. And I could easily add a ton of revenue to my business and it, it may make me actually less profitable as a result. Yeah. Yeah. Like in, in actual dollar amount. Right. But, but I could tell people, Hey, I grew this much because I, I added this, you know? Yeah. 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 Stay woke. Good to see you, man. That was a fun call. An odd one, but a good one. Okay. Love you, brother. Love you too, man. Have a good night. Bye. Hey, listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the weekly call pod or through email at the weekly call pod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material. And just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.